The McNugget Buddies are coming through McDonald's again. And they've got brand new fits created by street style icon Kerwin Frost. Get the brand new buddies and your McDonald's faves. Your choice of a Big Mac or 10-piece McNuggets, plus a medium fries and medium drink. Collect them all before they're gone. Only in the Kerwin Frost box. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. For me, there's nothing better than showcasing my joy. As a matter of fact, you all get to hear it twice a week, every week. <laughs> Our friends at Frito-Lay know that joy is bold, vivacious, and so contagious. Joy gives life flavor, rhythm, and vibes. And when joy takes flight, it can't be contained. It's robust. More than a smile or a laugh. It's an infectious experience. So here's to all the creators that inspire us with your creativity and passion. Let's keep filling the world with joy. And make sure you look out for the My Joy campaign, powered by Frito-Lay. Maybe this decision was a mistake. You probably don't care what I have to say. But it's been heavy on my mind for months now. Guess I'm trying to clear some empty space. I would love to talk to you in person. Mm -hmm. But I understand why that can't be. I'll leave you alone for good, I promise. If you answer this one question for me. Take it away, sis. I forgot. Wow. Uh, I just want to yes, yes. There you go. Do you ever think of me anymore? Do you? Is that Ooh. Neo? Yeah, it is Neo. <laughs> I mean, what a blast from the past. Yeah, I thought I'd just bring us in with a little nostalgic note. <laughs> yes, I knew the tune when I heard it, but I was over here like, what is that? What is that? But thank you for the help. I needed the push. See, I just couldn't. A, I, I said, couldn't if I just there. do this, she'll take it yes. away from there. Now, mm-hmm. I will say this. Now, I don't know this to be, well, I don't know when this will air, but I've been watching The Mad Singer, and oh. they are speculating that one of the current contestants on The Masked Singer, actually one of the finalists, is mm-hmm. Neo. Um, oh. But, but, right, so the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the cow, but the cow is dressed in like a milkmaid costume and is presenting in a very effeminate way. Okay. But it is a man. And all of the, ho- like, several people have guessed that it's Neo. And Nick Cannon is like, that is not Neo. I done hung out with Neo. Neo, do not act like that. It's not giving Do you Neo. know what your children sound like? And Let I'm me stop. Like, <laughs> I wonder. I'm like, it's, I feel like, I don't know who it could be. It could be Neo. I could see it okay. being Neo, but it could not be. Did this cow sing Cry Me a River? Uh, let me look. I'm Justin a- Timberlake's? Let me probably yes. Okay, I'm gonna see. Can you see the video? Yes. Oh. 
Mm. Don't sound like Neil right there. No. It could be, it could but, be, it, could but it could not be. But I'm trying to think. What the first time I heard him, I was like, "That might be Neil." Okay, wait, hold on. Him. Let me let me pull another one. There's treasure. He sang "Treasure" by Bruno Mars. Um, no, what else? Because there was another one. "Ring was, My Bell" by Anita Ward. "Ring My Bell." Listen to that. Okay, let me. Which I love that song, by the way. I don't think it's Neo. Oh, maybe it could be. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, I don't know. Oh, that could be him. That's what I'm saying. Well, I think the finale comes on this week, so we can we might okay we might get our answer. But I'm just saying, I've been praying that. Hmm. Either way, that's very long a tangent. But praise the Lord, niggas, and welcome back. (laughs) We didn't. We didn't even. We done forgot exactly what we was doing. But that's who we are, and our the people who listen to us recognize that. Hello, we we are are. two blackity black ADHD ridden women. (laughs) Hello, listen seriously though, seriously, truthfully. Um, But yes, welcome, and you know we're excited because Jade and I. one of the things that we love to do is sit back and reflect. That's the only way that we really grow. So we have to, yeah, sometimes we got to go back and listen and think about conversations that we've had, reflect, get new mm. insight, new perspective. And, mm. you know, coming up on the holidays is an, a great time for us to have a great big old bowl of gumbo and go back, reach back to some of our favorite Literally conversations. and figuratively. Um, and let them so, stew in the pot and listen to them again. That's it. Mm-hmm. So do us a solid. Period. Because each one of these kitchen tables has been picked for your holiday listening pleasure. Handpicked. And this intro is a fresh intro. Fresh. But as you're listening to it, we are not here. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> we are on a break, baby. But we will be back the second week of January, and we hope that you all take a moment and just know that all of these were picked with love. and got some old, some new, some fresh, some stew. I just wanted to rhyme. And <laughs> I, and we hope you all enjoy your literal and figurative gumbo. I will be making gumbo. Over I might be holidays. making gumbo right now. I don't know. Yeah. What y'all doing for New Year's? We should talk about that. We should talk about that. I want to, like, keep it intimate, but, and bring it in very intentionally. Mm-hmm. You know, my loved ones, we stand around, we, you know, we light a candle, we hold some hands and we, we bring it in with some good intention. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, we just be with people we love. That's what I, that's what I'm feeling for this new year. Same. Same, same, So, same. yeah, let's chat about it. So we love you all for real, for real, for real. And uh, enjoy this gumbo episode. It's got shrimp. It's got okra. It does oh, yes. not have corn because that's not gumbo, but it's got filet. Enjoy this little sprinkling of seasoning. Enjoy. <laughs> All right, let's start at the kitchen table. Welcome back. Um, as, as we noted at the start of the show, it is the holiday season. Um, and I acknowledge that this time, as we've talked about before, I acknowledge that this time might be uh, stressful or triggering for some people. Um, so yeah. we wanted to 
And, you know, just stressful for a number of reasons, right? And so this is not to suggest that we're all sad and and gloomy on the holidays, but just kind of in acknowledgement of the fact that the holidays bring about a different kind of busyness and activity Mm -hmm. um, and responsibility. Um, We just want to acknowledge that and try to talk about it in ways that are productive and I thought one of the the ways to do that was to be intentional in preparing for the triggers of the holiday um, and, and so that we can experience them, um, I don't want to say more productively, but just kind of be, to be prepared for them and, and to allow space in our lives to think about uh, the things that stress us out and how we might navigate and work through that stress. So I had the idea of, you know, if I were to prepare a holiday survival kit, like mm-hmm. a, oh, a, a, sorry, a surviving the holiday starter kit, if I were to put together a list of um, items and activities that would help me to keep my peace during the holiday time, what would that starter kit include and entail? Um, and of course, this is going to be specific to me and my life and the things that um, stress me out or trigger me through, throughout the holidays and Jade's Jade's list or starter kit will be for her. I also asked the internet of some things um, that folks would include in their starter kit. So we're just hoping to have a conversation about some ways that we can cope and um, manage the stress of the holidays um, in whatever form it may come, whether it be like, you know, dealing with parents or nosy aunties and uncles or dealing with being on a budget or dealing with grief or loss or dealing with having you know changing or shifting dynamics in your personal relationships or romantic relationships to having new friends new significant others or you know having a significant other last year but not having one this year so like just dealing with all of those challenges and things um in ways that we might be able to uh, handle those things during the holidays. So I'll start mm-hmm. with by asking you, sis, um, when you think about your surviving the holiday starter kit, I have an idea what <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, what will be item number one in your kit, but I will let you share with the people um, <laughs> your, your, your the keys to your survival. Well, I mean, I think we all know me pretty well. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure everybody knows the number one item in my bag is ganja. <laughs> that is my mommy wine. <laughs> that are Those are my tea sticks. That is what keeps me mellow and sane and it doesn't hurt anybody else. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So since that was kind of like a gimme, I need you to give me another one. <laughs> Because, I mean, everybody in, on the whole planet knew that that was going to be your number Every one. Every single soul on the, <laughs> all the fish and the birds. Um, what's another thing? My rose water, actually. Oh, so my gosh. I, Please tell the people about your very bougie, expensive rose water and how, what you use it for. Well, I, you know, I'm saving this for a shout out, but it comes from Life Wellness, which is located in Brooklyn. And it is a uh, house made rose water, which smells like 
a garden heaven. Okay. It is the most, it is the most delicious rose water that you'll ever smell. Like every other rose water you've ever used prior to this is just going to smell like poop compared to this actual rose water or just smell like water. Like somebody's duping you. I use it because it smells amazing and I spray it on myself and it also makes me happy. Like something about the scents just like kind of lift my spirit a little bit. And so I like to carry it around with me. And if I get a little hot, sometimes I'll mist myself. If I just, <laughs> you know, if I just need to feel like a little pep, I'll give I'll give myself a mist. I love my rose water. That's fair. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's funny because I'm laughing because Jay really does carry this rose water around. I do. And, um, <laughs> if it is, if it. She dropped it one time getting out of an Uber and you have thought that she dropped her wallet. <laughs> or my the baby. Way, the way that she yelped out into the street. Oh no! Like it was it was like, what's wrong? Okay. Like my rose water. It's a glass bottle. It's very it costs twenty dollars. Okay. And it is it is I love my rose water, but it is not cheap. Indeed. Um, so my survival, ho- uh, surviving the holiday starter kit, um, and this is not really in any particular order, but, uh, the, uh, consists of, um, uh, a, um, happy, happy habits or activities that I can do to like clear my head. So whether that be, you know, like I've, I've talked about before, I like coloring. I have like coloring book apps on my phone and sometimes I'll just color by number when I want to just, this is kind of like mindless stuff that kind of keeps me from sitting and just letting my mind wander around all the things that I have to do, all the things that I should be doing, what I'm not doing. And just kind of like, it helps me to kind of turn off from like work and processing and kind of like mellow out. So mm-hmm. ha- having those happy habits, um, so my coloring books, actually reading a book, I'm going to start a new book when, um, you know. Oh, on, you do love your coloring books. I do love coloring books. I'm going to start a, a, a new book, like reading book. I'm going to try to find a book. If you guys have any suggestions, hit me up. And I've decided that I'm going to commit to completing a, a, a show series. Um, I don't know what yet, but um, I'm going to, you know, watch the show. I really feel like it's going to be something... Something like Designing Women or <laughs> or just, Golden Girls or Golden Girls, you know, just one of those good nostalgia, nostalgic feel good shows that I used to watch as a child and mm-hmm. probably something that I could watch with my mom and she would enjoy it as well. Oh, Golden um, Girls. Yes. yes. So having happy habits, headphones are a big deal for me and I use them. Um, it's very important for me to use them at specific times because I don't like to hear the sounds of people's mouths. And <laughs> there are people in my she family doesn't. who slurp, mm. <laughs> who slurp tea, who slurp, you know, cereal from the spoon. And it just makes me want to flip the kitchen table over. So I have <laughs> I'm very strategic. I mean, and one of these things that I would like to have for Christmas is some, um, I want some Apple AirPods, but uh, I'm on a budget right now. So, but in the meantime, I will have I'm my anti AirPod, my trusty dusties, my trusty dusty plug-in headphones that I might not, uh, you know, lose my mind. Um, you know, I think I'm a DJ in my head, so I have I like over the ear headphones. Yes, yes. <laughs> my trusty Sony Bluetooths just gave on me one of yeah. them. 
one of the ears, the cord popped out and I tried to fix it. I tried to nigga rig it. And, and I've never had a Bluetooth headphone and I really uh, want one. Well, I love them and I've had them for years at this point And I'm really sad that I tried to, I really tried to nigga rig it with some Gorilla Tape mm. and some super glue and it was working for a while, but then something was slightly off so that one ear would not all the way suction to my ears. So now I've been... I've been stuck with these Apple headphones and I feel poor. Oh, don't do that. I don't like things that go in my ear. Give me another uh, <laughs> another element of your starter kit. Oh, um. Something that is going to help to ease your stress um, and trouble over the holidays. The ability to escape to my room. Mm-hmm. The importance have, of a closed door. Yes, oh indeed. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I understand fully now why my mother used to go to her room so often <laughs> and why she always had a TV in there. Um, I have, you know, I have a lot of friends who are like, no, I will not put a TV in my bedroom. And no, I'm not just talking about Fran. <laughs> it's Keisha's many like, like I will, that too. I will not put like, a TV in the bedroom. What? Yeah, Keisha. Like, you gonna put a, Keisha, a TV in the bedroom? Absolutely. Wait till she drops that baby. <laughs> <laughs> because let me tell you something. I have made my mother's sanctuary in my room. I have this little, so these are a couple of things that I guess are on my starter kit that are just a part of it. But mm -hmm. my nightstand includes my little things that make me happy my Florida water my you know my incense holders just the things that get my resins you know I like to burn my white copal and I also have my TV I had that that whole mounted on a tilting mount and I said when I want to come in here and relax I want to come in here and relax properly. So go. I'll burn my resins and I'll burn my incense and I and I make sure that I buy my really good incense that I love. There you go. And I'll burn my white, you know, sometimes I have my little meditation and when I'm done with that, I'll turn it I'll I'll turn my TV on and I'll have my me time. There you go. And that is really important to me. I really need that. Absolutely. Um so as many of you know, I will be traveling um, to my mom in Nashville, my mom and my mm -hmm. grandparents um, over the holidays. And um, one of the things that I have found that has been essential to my survival is while I very much enjoy being there in Tennessee with my family and spending time with them, because I don't often get a chance to do that. Um, one of the things that is critical to my survival during this time at home is for me to have scheduled plans and things to do outside of my mom's house or my grandmother's house. Mm -hmm. um, having kind of like structured activities, doing things on my own, not feeling like the only thing that I'm there to do is just to kind of sit at my grandma's kitchen table. While I enjoy that very much, why that is something that, you know, our quality time together is essentially what I'm going there for. I found that I get a little stir crazy and, and it's easy for me to be like really irritable and angsty if mm -hmm. I don't make the time and create space for me to have some other things to do while I'm down there. So I reach out to friends that I have down there in the area um, and make sure I I have plans, you know, to just do some other things. Let's go to the movie. Let's go to the mall. Let's go get something to eat. Let's have some things to do so that we can kind of create some boundaries and space. And it doesn't feel like, oh, you know, I mean, you can get tired of looking at anybody. Whether yeah. it be like so just having you having the people and, you came from and taking that pressure off. And I and also I want to add it's really important to kind of set yourself up to make sure that you can do that. Um and one of the things that I talked about when we were in San Francisco is that I have 
um, thought about getting my own transportation so I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm literally bound and waiting on somebody else to get out. Um, but yeah, that's something that I took me a, f- a few years to realize that I needed that. But, you know, the longer time, you know, the long, the length, the longer the length of my stay, mm-hmm. um, if I'm staying there any, anywhere over two, three days, I have to kind of set up some, some other things to do. Like, let's go get our nails done. Let's go get a pedicure. Let's go do something else mm-hmm. um, so that I'm not just in this house for the full length of my stay. Ooh, stressful. Very, very stressful. Um, also, another thing that's really, really been clutch is my weighted blanket. Um, and I can, I've learned that, you know, I sleep in my weighted blanket every night. When I have to go out of town for work for a few days or if we're traveling over the weekend for a show, I can make it without it. But if I'm going to be away for any extended period of time, I try to, I try my best to pack it because Ooh. my body is just grown <laughs> accustomed to having it at this point. Um, and it's really like not that heavy to be totally honest. No, like, I mean, it's 15 pounds, but I like think I have a 15 pound or two when I put it in a carry on. It's just like, if it's no heavier than my bag, like, you know, what I'm saying? I don't feel like okay. it makes the bag unbearable to, okay, that's fair. And, you know, since I'll be going home for an extended period of time, I will probably be checking a bag. So I'll put the weighted blanket in the carry on, bring that on the plane with me and then put my, cl- check my clothes. Um, what's another thing on my list? Actually, my iPad and headphones as well, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I have to do a lot of the cooking and stuff. And so one, you know, I keep my music going, but then sometimes, you know, they got the TV on in the front and it's loud and this one's running through the kitchen and going to her room and doing all kinds of things. So I find that sometimes when I don't feel like listening to music while I'm cooking, I'll put my iPad on with my headphones Mm -hmm. and I'll watch a show while I'm if I know I'm going to be in the kitchen for an extended period of time and it allows me to kind of zone the noise out and kind of just get into my groove. Music does that too, but sometimes you don't want to listen to music and sometimes you don't want to listen to a podcast. <laughs> and right. so ironically enough. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, I watch my little shows. I watch my little Bob's burger or snapped or whatever on my iPad. And I find that it actually is able to help me be productive while I'm there and kind of like zone all of that out as opposed to being irritated right um i will round this out by saying um for me like the last two things in my survival kit um are um i message allies um (laughs) so uh as as i talked about before and i'm gonna say something about this um I wanted I wanted to make it a whole episode, but I didn't want it to like, you know, just I don't know. Maybe we if I'll kind of share this now. And then if folks want us to have a more in-depth conversation about it next week or subsequent weeks, then we can talk about it then. But um, when I say I message allies, it's, I found like, well, my brother used to be my person. Right. So, you know, having mm-hmm. a person that you can kind of like decompress and unpack things with in the family. Um, so you know how like when you you hang out with your cousins or your aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. um, you kind of go back t- to your to your own siblings, your own parents, and kind of you know decompress and kind of talk about you know family stuff with. But losing Brian, I feel like I lost that person. Um, so in the Christmases that we have had with since his passing, I've realized that I need to have um, people mm-hmm. who I can text who I can call 
Um, and even if I don't really have anything to say, um, but just kind of like, you know, have somebody to talk to about even if even if it's like you know like like jade knows my family by name and i can kind of describe you know so and so said this and so and so said that and she'll understand what i'm saying um Mm -hmm. but even if she doesn't know the details like just you know the fact that she's there and willing to listen is something that has been absolutely essential for me um you know or for just for her to check and say are you doing okay and you know if i say no then you know that's okay right so it's not like always Mm -hmm. about like you know what can I do? But just kind of like having someone there in presence, even mm-hmm. if it's just like in my phone has been mm-hmm. something that is essential to my survival. And the the second thing is like flexibility and adaptability. I think in navigating um, grief or managing my grief around the holidays, one of the things that I have found ha- that has been so, so important for me. I mean, it's something that I have to be intentional about because it's not my kind of default setting is like really creating space for me to be compassionate toward myself and to be flexible and adaptable and to give myself the space that I need to not be okay when I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And to take the pressure of um, whatever uh, expectations I put on myself. So, you know, expecting that this will be the, this will be the third Christmas without mm-hmm. Brian mm-hmm. um and you know well for whatever reason even though I know it's unreasonable um and uh, ridiculous because I know that it'll, it's not it's something that I'll never ever get over I always find myself carrying shame or guilt around being a, a mess um because sometimes I mean not sometimes but like it seems like my mess kind of comes out at the most random times so it's not like i'll be i'll be fine in one minute and then the next minute i'm just a blubbering mess um and then you know i have in terms of processing that i'm learning how to let that be okay um Mm -hmm. and come to grips with the fact that it may be 15 years from now and i still could have those moments where i'm a blubbering mess and that there is no shame in that Mm -hmm. um so like that kind of flexibility and adaptability is um something that i am i put it in here because i'm trying to you know talk about it more um and just kind of like face it um because i walk around during this time during the holidays with this like perpetual knot in my stomach because Mm -hmm. i feel like the holidays trigger me um and it's like a like one of the the largest triggers for me mm-hmm. um so just kind of being prepared to be triggered and letting that be okay mm-hmm. um but i said um some of you have asked um for us to have a conversation about like managing grief and loss um around the holidays or just specifically speaking and i have like a couple of things here that 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 um, I can just list, but mm-hmm. I mean, if you guys want us to have a, a more in-depth conversation around that and maybe even, cause I mean, there are other people who are open on the internet about um, grieving their loved ones. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe this is a conversation that we can invite those people to, but mm-hmm. um, really quickly, the things that have helped me in managing my grief and loss around the holidays are number one, knowing my triggers. Like I talked about, communicating 
what my needs are to the people mm-hmm. that I'm around. Um, cause I mean, then ha- I mean doing that beforehand because like explaining it in the process or in the moment does not help my situation. Um, delegating a process partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just somebody to just, you know, just kind of, if I need to talk about things with, mm-hmm. I can, um, Fury has really been that, that person for me, especially around Christmas time. Um, just having somebody there. This is outside of like my iMessage allies, but this person is the person who I hit up when I'm feeling certain things. And um, like I said, uh, the the fourth one and the big one I talked about before is like really letting yourself off the hook, having practicing self-compassion, flexibility and adapting. And uh, when I say adapting, like um, one of the things for me is like me and Brian used to travel to my parents um, for Christmas together. So there are, there are areas and then like, so when I had to go to Nashville for, for his funeral and everything, mm-hmm. I flew. Um, so like there are areas in the airport that trigger me. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I can, if at all possible, you know, I avoid those areas or I, if I can't avoid those areas then I have practices for that so like Keisha is a person that I call um and I'm like I'm just walking past the gate past one specific gate or I'm in a specific section of the terminal and I just you know can you just stay on the phone with me um so that I don't end up on on the floor (laughs) but Mm -hmm. but, um but really I just want to just kind of list those I'm sure that there are more I'm sure that other people who are, I mean, I get all kinds of messages and notes and DMs from people who are, you know, dealing with the loss of siblings and parents and, and aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents and all kinds of important people. And, you know, we share that in community. So if that's something that, you know, others want to continue this conversation and join this conversation about, it's something that I think that I may be almost ready to um, have a more in-depth conversation about, but I wanted to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in this small way, um, and just kind of say that these are the things that I have used to kind of survive the holidays and why, and the things about the holidays that trigger me. I asked my, um, I might've mentioned this before, but you know, I'll have moments where, cause my grandfather passed right after New Year's Mm -hmm. and maybe five years ago. So I I actually asked my grandmother because I think more so about her and I'm more worried about her than anything Mm -hmm. because they were married for almost 65 years. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, how how do you like so many people have passed from broken hearts and things like that. How do you continue to move forward? And like it also helps me when I get sad because I spent a good amount of my life with him. Mm -hmm. And she said, I talked to him. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, look at pictures and I just talk to him. She's mm-hmm. like, and I play a lot of songs that we love together and just think about all of those memories. She's like, and that's what keeps me feeling good because I remember those things. And that's what keeps me from breaking down and being sad all the time. And it's helped me. So when I feel sad for people that I've lost, I talk to them. Yeah. Um, I've, talk to I've written Brian letters. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have seen on Instagram, like, you know, I, I will like, 
uh, like in the caption, I'll post a picture of him and in the caption, it's like, I'm talking to him. Mm -hmm. Um, and also sharing and talking about it with other people I found has been helpful to me. Um, because it kind of just makes the process a little less lonely and isolating to know that I'm not the only person, um, kind of managing these struggles, Mm -hmm. um, and that it's okay for me to still be struggling. Um, and just like you said, you raised a really good point is I, I find comfort and strength in being supportive to my mom during this time. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, this is something that we are navigating together and it's a burden that we share so there if there are ways that you know when her arms get tired I can hold her arms up and when my arms get tired she can hold my arms up that's Mm -hmm. really um to me something that I think Brian would be proud of us for yeah um so that is that is that is helpful um I mean when I say that the holidays are a challenging and difficult time it is because of all of the busyness and all of the, you know, hustling and bustling and the traffic and all of that. But it's also because the holidays, you know, trigger, um, you know, uh, us in, in ways that remind us that, you know, the things that, you know, that we of the things that we've lost mm-hmm. um, and the things and the people that we've lost in them and not just grieving the person in their physical absence, but grieving the life that you thought that you would have with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that is, is, is does is not at all limited to a specific period of time. So if you are dealing with um, uh, any kind of grief or heaviness or loss or sadness or depression um, as a result of anything um, during the holidays, I just want to encourage you, you know, that it is a, series of days that we can navigate together um and you know we can get through it together and even even when it seems like you know unfair and grueling you know it's okay for you to have those feelings but we just have to move through them and not kind of you know stop and and stall in them um so you're getting grown family it's here for you i'm here for you jade's here for you and we will be here for one another together um, and you know, we'll just make it. All we got to do is make it to January one. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. We're almost it. there. We are almost there. But that- on the wings of love, <laughs> only the two of us together fly. <laughs> oh my God. I figured we just end that on a nice little Jeffrey note. Thank you, Jeffrey. <laughs> Thank you, Jeffrey. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, we're going to gather around the kitchen table for this week's edition of Kitchen Table Talk. What you snacking on this week, sis? A bowl of checks. Like checks mix? I thought you was trying to. I thought no, you were saying money moves. <laughs> Bloody shoes. <laughs> After the holidays, ain't no money moves. You know what I'm saying? I thought you had gotten some Christmas money. You was making it rain on these old. <laughs> I mean, checks for my snack. I'm snacking on these checks, though. So. When you're a parent, you don't get um, you don't get gifts anymore. I'm an adult and I don't get gifts. Hallelujah. So that's just how you just give the gifts. Uh, but no, literally a bowl of checks. Um, just regular regular checks. Do you put anything in them? I actually sprinkle a good amount of cinnamon on top because I love cinnamon. Um, they're honey nut checks, and then I sprinkle some cinnamon. 
with some really cold almond milk. Mm. Fanciful. Yeah. And then there's leftovers. I did a ton of um, heavy hors d'oeuvres and 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 things. So, so classy. Well, you know, you don't you be wanting to like not eat the same thing that you ate at Thanksgiving because it's literally a few weeks later. So you got to figure out how to do it. So Santana had a great idea. Her family does like everybody brings a, a, a heavy hors d'oeuvre. So I just did a bunch of heavy hors d'oeuvres. Fancy. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. You'll have to tell us what your menu is. I will. Um, yeah, I don't have any snacks today. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting here drinking this good old African-American ginger ale. Mm. Ginger ale is like, it's like a, the great panacea for all blacks. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, you just feel better about your life after you have some good cold ginger ale, like my grandma say. Give me a ginger ale. Stomach virus. Give me a ginger ale. Yeah, man. Ginger ale is just saltines and a ginger ale. That's how. That's how. That's the first. That's the first line of defense when it comes to medication. Ginger ale. Absolutely, um, ginger ale. All that sugar. <laughs> I know, right? Soda. Literally, that's what it is. But um, that's fine. Um. <laughs> all right. So this week at the kitchen table. We, since, since many of us, thank God, are on a bit of a break between the holidays, between Christmas and New Year's, we thought it would be cool to talk about some favorite things that we like to do when on holiday break. Mm. So, we've put together a little list here of things, ways that we pass the time on holiday break um, and just kind of like an easy breezy kind of conversation before we get right back into the swing of real life adulting at the first show of the year. <laughs> Next <laughs> right? Right? Okay, though. Yes, because we already have the heat for you. Um, of course. We already packing. Um, but yeah, sis, did you want to go first and tell the people what some of your favorite things to do on holiday break are? So the very first thing that I like to do on a holiday break which is the obvious, I think, for so many of us. Mm-hmm. Catch up on sleep. Bruh. Ain't got good. Because nigga. Oh, my God. All Just the time. Alarms off. <laughs> Who needs no alarms? Alarm. No street cleaning. No street no, cleaning. No taking the kid to school. Nope. Like, no work. No nothing. I just want to literally sleep until my body wakes up, which is actually not that long. It's not now. early. I mean, it's not late anymore. It's Most not late anymore. anymore at all. That's a oh, surefire sign of adulting. Your incapacity to sleep in. That's it. <laughs> oh, boy. Will you will you feel like, oh, yeah. Even when I get into bed late, like I get into bed at like one in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get up until like 10 o'clock. No. At no. 6.45, 6.30, my body is like, good morning, good morning. I'm like, <laughs> girl, Wait. we just got in the bed. Like, what are you doing? But my, I, I, my body doesn't wake up that early. Sometimes I'll wake up and I'm able to go back to sleep, but I will. My body at, at a smooth 8.30, my body's like, hey, girl, mm. what's up? We up. Eight thirty is good. We doing. We got to pee. It's good, right? Yeah. Like I, but that's because I don't. I won't go to bed until four. Oh girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. But regardless, you play too much. Somebody's still gonna be like, "Hey, it's time for you to to for you to, to get up, sis." Right. So catching up on sleep is a really big one. 
Um, not only just like, you know, sleeping overnight, but I also find that holiday breaks are prime real estate for naps. Napping. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> naps and siestas. We thank God. Siestas. <laughs> I'm going just reinstate the siesta for this week and it just yes. let, the, let it bless you. Let it bless your life. Pretend we in Europe. You know, just a full break in the middle of the day. So, yes, catching up on sleep is number one. I think uh, the second one or one of the one of my sec- favorite things to do um, on a holiday break is to um, clean, declutter and purge. And I'm not just talking yes. about like your house. So, yes, you should clean your house and do laundry and get all those things um, in place. But purging in terms of like getting rid of old clothes, um, Mm-hmm. Donating. It's also a really good time to kind of get all that stuff together to donate one last time so you can get your tax write off, you know, yep. get that in. Um, but also, in terms of not just that kind of stuff, but getting rid of old paper, um, mail. I'm really not good about uh, opening my mail. So, Same. Um, I tend to have lots of old mail hanging around the house that I need to like shred and. So that's one thing that I definitely will be addressing. Not only paper mail, but email as well. Like my email inbox is pretty, pretty. Just, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like I'm actually quite embarrassed. I think we've talked about this before in terms of unread emails. Let's see where are we at right now. What you got? Uh, I don't even want to. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally ashamed. I, I may beat you. Let's see. Let's play. I game. doubt that. I doubt that you, because people are. When I talked about my unread voice, I mean, my unlistened to voicemails, I was shamed for weeks on the Twitter. I don't know if I'm ready to disclose. Y'all ain't gonna make me feel bad. I have I 51, 51 unread, I mean, unheard voicemails and 7,653. <laughs> I got you beat. I'm well, I'm well into the five figures. <laughs> well, I am squarely in to the five figure range. Of unread in my in my Gmail, my work email is not bad. I don't have any unread emails in my work email just because you know I got I got to be on top of that. But as far as my Gmail, first of all, I got like five Gmail accounts, but the main one, the main one, uh, yeah, we're standing squarely in the five figures, (laughs) Uh, and I'm not I'm not proud of that at all. But here we are. So yeah, I'm gonna. I've I'm going to get try to get down. I'm going to try to get down to four figures. I can't make any promises, though, because that's a lot. Um, also, uh, in terms of I also like to clean out my DVR because, you know, that tends to get a little cluttered as well, because I, I like to watch my programs. That's my that my sis loves her TV. Everybody that's, knows. That's my thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like Jay smokes weed. I watch the reruns. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Reruns. All of them. I need that. Every once in a while, I'll chime in on her reruns and then yeah. I'll go back to my business. That's right. Um, also, clear your mind. Do some some sort of intentional activity that's renewing, that clears your head and gets you in yes. a fresh state. Whether that be like exercising, journaling. I am partial to coloring. I will be bringing my coloring books Same. and colored pencils to my mom's. Uh, I I want to get a Prisma, some Prisma, Prisma color. Um, I have some. Uh, colored pencils. I ordered some off design. I haven't had any since like seventh grade. So I'm really excited to get my Prismacolor. Totally. When I was, um, and I I brought them to my mom's and when I'll be on the airplane back to uh, uh, DC, 
later this week, I will have my uh, coloring books and color pencils in tow because that's just how it's just just like it's just therapy for me. Very therapeutic. But um, yeah, so. in terms of decluttering, I just, you know, there are things I always talk about. There are things I want to do with my home. You know, the new year is a wonderful way. And that holiday break is a wonderful way to just clear some of that old junk out and be able to have some fresh space to start over and start new. You know what I'm saying? So to be able to clear some of that junk out of your house, it makes you feel good to clear out your mind. Like he has said, get rest your mind, rest mm-hmm. your mind. You know what I'm saying? And take days to do what you need to do. Like listen to some music, watch TV while you're doing it, but you can do it simultaneously and it's relaxing actually. Start fresh. Like, you know, what I'm saying? I, I tend to do a lot of reflecting during this particular week, just thinking about what the year has been for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of highs and lows and what I'm looking forward to in the coming year. Just being really reflective. I tend to write a lot in my prayer journal. I tend to read old things that I've written in the journal this year and just kind of thinking about that. Um I don't know. It's not something that I do often, but I do like to just kind of keep up with what my thinking is doing um, right? in really intentional ways. And kind of me, for me, reading through my journal kind of helps me keep track of that. So I don't know if that is helpful. But yeah, that's one of the things that I do. I don't mean, um, we kind of talked about this in terms of cleaning out your DVR, but catching up on old shows, movies, documentaries, things that you've been meaning mm-hmm. to see. Uh, that's also pretty fun to do this week and watching things that you don't get to watch. I am very much looking forward to daytime television. Um, <laughs> you know, just getting back into that since I've been, at, you know, at my, my grandparents and my mom's house, you know, I'm kicking in with them and all we do is watch the daytime TV. My grandmother is very, very partial to the game show network. I, so, you know, we sit up here and we watch the the shows and we play along and it's just kind of fun family time for us. I'm very partial to chain reaction. If y'all know the game, if you don't know the game show network, just give it a, just give it a chance. Like I judged it at first, but my grandmother literally put me on some, actually some good game shows. I think that these grandmothers always know. Oh my gosh. Like, so family feud, will of fortune, jeopardy chain reaction mm. all of these deal or no deal like that's how we watch all of these things literally all day long so and then for those of you all with subscriptions yeah who have not had time to sit down and watch anything some of my favorites the handmaid's tale so good and i heard that it's uh very much aligned with the book so the handmaid's tale was a really really good show on hulu I also, yes, and I also plan to catch up. I mean, I also plan to watch She's Gotta Have It because I still have not done that. Um, Yeah, watch that. I will. I will. And then let's have a discussion about it. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Stranger Things Season 2. Um, Season 1, for those who have not caught on, even if you're not really into sci-fi, Stranger Things is just a really, really good show. Um. People like my sis here probably will not watch, but for those who are uh, partial to heathenism, mm. um, American Horror Story. <laughs> I love American Horror Story. It was a really great show. <coughs> Excuse me. I let y'all have those witches and things. I don't fool with them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Have a good time. I'm, a <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all for. I mean, I get it. I mean, I know it's like fiction, and I can, I can 
appreciate that. I draw the line somewhere. I will say that. Yeah. You ain't going to catch a nigga watching like The Exorcist. Hell no. Oh, I'm not watching that shit. <laughs> Rosemary's Baby. Y'all can keep that. No. But, <laughs> but I did not. watch Rick Horror Story. It was really good, mainly for the story. But there's so many shows for you guys to catch up on. This Is Us. This Is Us is such a good series. Oh, I've still not watched that. I didn't think it would. Oh. I thought it would trigger me. Mm. I did. It could. Yeah. It could. It's a very emotional show, even if you if you don't have a lot of emotional things going on. So I can see how it could, how it could be a trigger, but it is a very, very good show. I've um, heard that. And I, I like Sterling. What's his last name? Brown. Sure. Is that it? <laughs> I don't know. I hope I didn't make that up. What's that man's name? <laughs> I should know this. Sterling is also like, how many white men are named Sterling? Is that a, is that a black person's name? Sterling. I think so. I have to say it so that I know. Yeah, I think his name is Sterling Brown. Yes, I was right. Sterling K. Brown. Sterling Kelby Brown. <laughs> Who is that? Isn't that the man from uh, This Is Us? I don't know anybody's yeah, name. That's I'm, a problem. Oh, Hold my on. gosh. Get your life. Oh, yeah. You said a white man. No, I'm saying I thought that Sterling was a white man's name. Yeah, Randall. I love him. And his wife, Beth. Oh, my God. She's like the nuclear Huxtable. I absolutely adore her. Time. Like and they ha- she has constant like natural hairstyles and she's very black and even though and this does not give anything away for those who have not watched the show yet even though he's been adopted by a white family and he's been raised by a white family he's still a very black man who who married a black woman and he ooh, ooh sis sis here it is here it is here it is one episode because they they ended up like getting this little girl in foster care or whatever. So one episode, um, the little girl tried to say something about like him being whitewashed and, you know, all of that and how they have all this nice stuff or whatever. Or, no, that's what it was. The little girl's mother was like, I bet you married to a white woman. That's what it was. But you married to a white woman. And he goes, let's be very clear. The woman I laid down next to at night wears silk satin scarf and use coconut oil. So I'm married to a black woman. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is us is such a good show i but will yes, give it a go use, that, use this time to catch up on all of the things all of the tv that you have not been able to just relax me and my husband designate one day when we're off together like every once in a while where we will literally not move and my mother-in-law will take care of noah we'll get up you know what i'm saying every once in a while but we order food i don't cook a thing and we lay in the bed all day and watch something now that's once every several months but i think this week we're gonna take a day to do that i don't have a husband but that's something that i do well i mean you know what i'm saying frequently by yourself with a spouse (laughs) with a roommate whatever (laughs) oh good time um all right uh another thing that you can do is shop i mean (laughs) i think that we can hit the malls up for those of us who are getting gifts or have have gotten some gifts or have some Christmas money that we've received, it was a good time to kind of head out and see what's out there. There's all there's usually some sales as retailers are trying to get rid of uh you know merch. Merch. Um Day after Crema is the biggest shopping day of the year, they say. Oh man. Yes, it is. And um I I, I plan to participate <laughs> myself. Heavily. 
Yes, indeed. Um, even if it, if you can't find something that you want, I mean, that, I mean, it's, it's true because, you know, sometimes you just can't think of something that you want. You don't We want to get something nice for yourself, but you don't necessarily know what. You don't have to do it right now. You don't have to do it right away. You can invest your money or save it to see if it'll grow a little bit. And then maybe you can get something even better. Amen. True indeed. Um, I also think that this holiday break time is a great time to handle all of your appointments as it relates to health and beauty. So go to the doctor. Um, I know you have a few more days to spend down your flex spending account. Um, if you need to do that, you can fill your prescriptions. You can get other extra little things that you need. Um, it's also a good time to get everything handled as, as far as hair, nail, skincare, hair removal. I love to go into the new year, like properly, uh, you know, everything got to be in order. Nails done, hair done, everything did. That's I don't real. Know. That's just me. It's kind of like a habit because, you know, we always go to church all, all my whole life. We've gone to church on New Year's Eve and it's not really like a. That's so fascinating to me. It's not a time that like I've, it's not this. Really? Yeah. I know a lot of people who do it, but I just never did. Yeah. I've never not been in church. The times that I've tried to, to go somewhere else, it was like, oh, no, I'm supposed to be in church. So I didn't <laughs> I didn't even enjoy myself. Uh, and I ended up like would leave and just, you know, I by the time the, the, the mid, at midnight hit, I was in the building. So it didn't even really matter. But, um, yeah, it's not a, a, a day that everybody comes to church dressed up, but it's always been a day that I just like to look like something. That's just me, though. <laughs> That's what, um, I mean, that's your thing. You going thing. into the new year and you want to feel nice. Going into the new year. So, yeah, I have already hit up all of my, um, I'm making my appointments to get my hair colored and get my hair cut. I just, I'm just going to be all set up on New Year's Eve because that's just what I like to do. Um, but, yeah, that's one of the things uh, you can do. Um, Absolutely. It's It's not a time where you, you know, it, activity is nice and if you guys want to take a day and you want to go do something you want to go enjoy like a wintry outdoor activity or whatever it's a good time to spend time with your kids but it's a good time to really unwind and be able to take that time to just rest your body rest your mind um, and get yourself refreshed for the new year yeah man take it full advantage use up your groupons and I know this week, a lot of the beauty spas and and um, nail shops and stuff, they will have, like, special Groupons Absolutely. just for this week. So you can kind of get, save a coin. Yeah, because oh. I'm probably going to get a massage. I actually have a massage Groupon that I've not used. So I might take advantage of that as well. I need a massage so bad. A massage. That would be clutch. Mm-hmm. Well, and pedicures. Pedicures are my love language. Although, yes. although I don't really like my feet uh, and I don't like oh, people God. touching or looking at my feet. I just feel like if I can get a pedicure every week, I would. Because it's just something that just makes me feel better about my life. <laughs> I just love to have healthy feet. In the wintertime, I actually, to save a little bit of money, but also I've kind of just made a routine out of it. I give myself a pedicure and I have a foot bath. I set up like when I have time, like this week, I'm probably going to do it. When I have time, I literally will sit down. I'll put a towel. I'll get all my tools because I have all the same tools, the nail shop. 
and I'll put my foot bath and whatever I want to put in it that's going to relax me, make some little lavender water, and I'll sit in front of the TV and watch something and give myself a pedicure. But it's like something about it is very therapeutic. That's what's very up. cathartic. I really wish that I was a part of that do-it-yourself do ministry. I just it's just not what the Lord gave me. That's real. <laughs> I wish like there are things that I feel like like I can wash my hair myself and do that kind of thing, especially now that I'm bald headed again. <laughs> but, uh, yes, but um, <laughs> as far as like, and I can do my own makeup. But as far as like. You can do your <laughs> when I when I even when I had when I had really long hair when my hair was longer than it is now, there is like I have a very clear lane about <laughs> you know these are the things that I can do and these are the things that I cannot. I'm really clear about that, and I don't fool with my own nails. I've always admired the girls who could give themselves their own manicures and pedicures, but I just. Mm-mm. I'm just not. Talented. I don't have nails. I don't have nails like you. Like I, because I cook so much and use my hands so much, and because I'm just a clumsy fool, I just have to keep my nails at a particular length. I actually have to fight myself from biting my nails. Confession. Oh, you one of those? Yeah, I have. So I, I don't. I'm actually not biting them at all right now. Um, and they grow nicely, but I, I'm good for cutting them and like I'll paint them so that I don't bite them. And I don't bite them in public because that's disgusting. <laughs> But it's nasty, nasty habit in general, so I I really try not to do that. But I do. I give myself my own pe- manicures and pedicures. In the summertime, I go get pedicures, but in the wintertime, I give myself and I just make it a thing. Like my dream house will have a pedicure chair in it. Ooh, like a real fancy one. Like a real one, like it from the shop. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. My dream home, like when I have all the way arrived and when I am who the Lord made me to be, I will have a house somewhere and there will be a pedicure. Yes, I will have a Joanchin. I will have a wealthy Caucasian. (laughs) Um, Joanchin. (laughs) And it will be everything, okay? Y'all not going to tell me nothing. People, let me tell you about my best friend. Its name is HelloFresh, okay? And with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to where? Your door. That's why it's my bestie. Save some of that gas and time and skip trips to the supermarket and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. All three of them. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Did you know HelloFresh does more than just dinners? From easy breakfast to start your morning off right to 10-minute lunches or satisfying snacks that both adults and kids love, HelloFresh has tasty choices for every mealtime occasion. Speaking of which, okay, speaking of more than just dinners, say hello to a stress-less holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. From crowd-pleasing charcuterie boards, that's how you say it, you hear me, people? It's charcuterie. To photo-worthy desserts, it's easy to add these tasty party pleasers to your weekly order, saving you so much time. And HelloFresh has over 45 recipes and more than 100 seasonal add-on items to choose from every single week. So it's easier than ever to find something everyone will enjoy without busting a vessel trying to think of dinner options. So y'all know how Kia and I share our homemade Sunday dinners almost every week now? Well, I cheated a little bit this week and made a figgy balsamic pork with green beans and a rosemary palm persiade. That's a fancy way of saying a diced pan fried potato. 
but it only took me 30 minutes. I put on one episode of Living Single, Sunday dinner done, bang, add a little seasoning. They thought it came straight from the store and you know, it took me all day to prepare, but it did not. And then the next day, instead of ordering lunch on Uber Eats, I made myself lunch. And because it was for a family of four and my husband's allergic to shrimp, I got to eat all of it. It was a Thai ginger shrimp curry with a creamy coconut veggie, peanut, and then lime rice. Y'all, lunch was bussin'. Hello, Fresh. Also, holla at the kid. Let me let, let me put together a recipe for the people. But anyway, if you all want to partake in all of this, go to HelloFresh.com slash grown free and use code grown free for free breakfast for life. That's one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash grown free with code grown free. HelloFresh. America's number one meal kit. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer, M&M's for all fun kind. It's kitchen table talk time. Gather around the kitchen table, yes. the car table, whatever you got in your kitchen <laughs> that you're sitting at. The milk cartons. No, I don't want you to have milk cartons. They might have just moved. Mm. The folding chairs. Mm. No. What are you eating? What are you snacking on this week, sis? I don't really have any snacks. I've not been here. I don't have snacks. I just had some juice, <laughs> some mm, iced tea. What kind? It was iced tea with lemon. Oh, do you know what I've been doing? Because I love, so I have a super weakness for sweet tea, <clears throat> but I started getting that Simply Mango juice. I've never had that, but that sounds a, delightful. Or the Simply Peach and putting it. Mixing it with the iced tea, sis. I mean, when I tell you a refreshing beverage. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> oh, what are you snacking anyway, on? Um, nothing, because my stomach is bothering me, so I'm drinking an orange seltzer water. Sounds good. Sorry, guys. Yeah. We don't have... Oh, but I did make some hidden red beans and rice yesterday. That's why your stomach is hurting right now. That's exactly why my stomach mm-hmm. is hurting right now. Turkey necks and andouille sausage. Oh my God, it's so good. My stomach is really hurting from all these creamy, cheesy things that I consumed at this damn catering. But um, so this week for our kitchen table talk, I was talking to Kia and I say, you know what? Let's do something light because, you know, we've been having some some discussions lately. Let's do something light. And I think that uh, there are so so many fun things um, about people's individuality and their families and how they came up because everybody's so different. But then there's always like those staple things that make us feel real good about that we can all laugh about together about growing up black. And so we thought we would have kind of a light uh, kitchen table talk this week where we ask each other a bunch of questions back and forth kind of about our childhoods and see what we have in common, what we don't have in common. We'd love for you guys to chime in and tweet us and email us and let us know some of your experiences. But we just thought we'd bounce some, some questions off of each other and and figure out like some different things that we experienced growing up because growing up black is such a magical, 
such a magical thing. I think especially in the time that we grew up. True. It was fun. Indeed. We didn't know how to contour our faces. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so Thinking about contouring our faces. Honestly. I didn't even know what a contour was. Certainly not. Certainly not. Back when you put on some glittery eyeshadow for prom and some really some lip gloss. Maybe you put a little bit more makeup on than usual. You had a nice super gel down hairdo. <laughs> um, or maybe you, you know, stood a nigga up on the day of the prom. I don't know. Oh but it definitely happened. But anyway, sis, um, yeah, I just so I, I just thought it would be fun for us to, to do that. I thought it would be fun for us to ask each other some questions and and just talk about growing up black because growing up we're just black people are magical and talking about black shit is just magical. It's fun. It's lighthearted. So <laughs> quite frankly, we deserve. All right. So I will jump in. We have quite a few questions, but I'm going to just jump around and kind of see where the conversation takes us. But I will start at the beginning at this point. Um so, Jade, name three things that were in your childhood bedroom. Three things that were like decorating or adorning the walls, whether it, or your bed. What are three things that were specific to your bedroom when you were a little kid? So in all of the bedrooms that I had, because we didn't really have a family house growing up, we moved everywhere. Um, I always had this teddy bear and his name was Marshall. <laughs> Um, Such a he had a purple name. <laughs> I always named my doll, my dolls, and my teddy bears and my fish, like very regular names. I had a beta fish named Joseph, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so I had this this doll. I mean this uh this bear with this purple wizard hat that has these little stars all over it, and he stayed with me until now because now he is in Noah's room, but he was always in whatever child bedroom I had. Marshall the bear. Um. Marshall the bear. Maybe I'll take a picture of him and show him to you guys. Y'all don't give a fuck. <laughs> and then uh, I always had a radio because I was very big on music from Hurley. My very first tape was The Boys. You got mission. going crazy. So The Boys was my first tape. Um, and so there was always some sort of boombox situation in my room as long as I can remember. And then the third thing books i was a huge reader when i when i was younger i was a really big leisure reader so i always had a ton of books books were always a very big part of wherever i was what about you uh me and my brother had bunk beds i slept on the top um i never had bunk beds i always wanted them yes and when i think about my childhood bedroom i think about those bunk beds and i think about how we had matching mickey mouse bed sets um, <laughs> and literally like the comforters were red and it had like mickey mouse and Minnie mouse and all the characters all over the bed uh the bed sets um i had a cabbage patch uh kid her name was gwendolyn and but i called her Gigi. and you talked about marshall gwendolyn, i did not name gwendolyn gwendolyn came with a you have a cabbage patch doll that wears pearl necklaces gwendolyn <laughs> cabbage patch first of all cabbage patch kids came with birth certificates this was the name right, that they right. gave her i did not give her that name her name was gwendolyn right. but i called her Gigi for short because i'm sure when i got her i probably couldn't say gwendolyn <sighs> but um Gigi. bougie her name was Gigi, and um i i cut her hair <laughs> 
<laughs> of course. I did. Course I did. I cut the little yarn, that yarn and stuff. And but I had so I probably ruined her hair a little bit. But Gigi is still kicking as well. But she doesn't live here with me now. She's staying with my grandmother in Nashville. And she's on the bed. Gigi had outfits, and my grandmother still changes her clothes once a quarter because Gigi is lit. Oh my God, I love uh-huh. that. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, and what else? So I talk about my bunk beds with the red uh, Mickey Mouse sheets. Okay, so I guess the other thing that was super, super important in, in our bedroom um, was the television. Uh, because that's where it went down. That's where we had the Nintendo, the Sega, and all those games. And we also, that's, you know, we had, TV was has always been, like, my favorite thing. Um, I said, I said, if I if I have ever wrote a memoir, I w- there would be a chapter um, that would be called uh, "You Sitting Too Close to the TV" because <laughs> <laughs> I felt like everybody said that to me, and I was I was one of those kids that would be watching TV and literally the house would be burning down around me, and I would be stuck. And you just Noah. just stuck, just literally inside of the television, mm-hmm. um, and it, it just like yeah, TV was my. TV was my thing, man. It just, woo, so good. My mother said I could have a TV in my room when I could buy one. And that is what happened. <laughs> well, I mean, truth be told, we were all, you know, this was shortly after my parents uh, separated. We were staying in my grandmother's house. So Rhonda was in the room with us. Like, we, the three of us were in that one bedroom. Rhonda had a bed on the other side of the room. So all of us was in there. And we were all... Uh, on, on Saturday nights before church, we would watch Touched by an Angel and Walk a Texas Ranger. As <laughs> that was our bonding time as a family. <laughs> Brian would be in his bunk. I would be on the top bunk. And Rhonda would be on her bed. We would be watching these shows and getting our lives. That was our, do you, our family bonding Do you know time. we used to watch as a family? Like, I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, I mean, we watch things together every once in a while. But, like, you know, you got the Cosby show. We still didn't watch that together. Oh, my God. Like, we watched everything it together. Was a, we watched, but one thing that we all gathered around, I even had like South, when South Park came out, me and my dad got together every, I think it came out on Wednesdays, we watched South Park. Um, my dad showed me every John Singleton movie ever made, like that was a thing. But we sat around and watched being Bobby Brown as a family. It was like a thing. So like, that is so like, <laughs> whoa, I could have never. <laughs> That that's recent thing. that's pretty recent that wasn't during your childhood was it or am i just that old uh, what, what year did being bobby brown i came feel out? like i was not in high school i was in college hold on i was in college when being bobby brown came out no i don't know i'm team typing moderately right now oh but goodness. i'm looking it up Be- being bobby brown came out oh you right i was, you a, I grown. was grown. You were an adult i wasn't even i wasn't even living there but we were always watching i must have I must I must have gone to my parents' house and like watched it with them because I wasn't living there in that time. But I definitely we definitely watched it as a force. Your parents are so like, cool. Rhonda would not let us watch anything. We couldn't watch Married with Children. I was an adult before I watched Married with Children because Rhonda was like, "That is not for children." <laughs> so I didn't watch that, and I didn't watch The Simpsons neither because my mother was like, "I don't like that program." But we would watch we would watch things together. together. Um, and we would, my family, because we're dumb, we would always sing the theme songs. Like, oh, yeah. It would be like a <laughs> thing. Cause now I feel like I miss that. Like, shows don't really have theme songs no more. But the mm-hmm. theme songs used to be like 
what? Like, they used to be like, it. I remember the Touched by Angel theme song. Della Reese tore that joint up. When you walk down. <laughs> you and XD. Sing, Della. Heavy burden. Hey, yeah. She sung that. She had meant that. And another one, me and my brother used to listen. Y'all probably, I'm dating myself. Y'all probably not even going to be able to. Oh, and in Living Color. We watched that as a family. My mama, mama, I watched the Living Color, but my mother wasn't happy about it, but she wouldn't watch it with me because she was, listen, she was too saved. Um, (laughs) But the the theme song that me and my brother used to literally get absolutely our lives on was Perfect Strangers. You and XD love all the same theme songs. That white man who sung that song sung it from his toes. Do you hear me? All of his toes was balled up in his shoes when he sung that. Also, that the step-by-step and the full house, whoever them two white people were that sang on every theme song, Family Matters, all of them. We'll make it better. (laughs) We'll make it better. You you felt that, didn't you? (laughs) Oh, yes. Where's the rare condition this day and this age. Is the same theme song. Now, all, now Nene and them the is holding pages. But they used to be actual songs. And they didn't know. Listen. Now, or they'd be like orchestra, like whole, like Game of Thrones and their like five minute intro. Walker. They ended up having an entire orchestra show because they, because their music be so loud. Walker, Texas Ranger always also had a good theme song. Chuck Norris in the eyes that. of the ranger. The unsuspected. I, I used strength. to have like this huge Chuck Norris. Obsession. You did, like during the during the time, like during that whole when that whole thing adopted, where it's like Chuck Norris can walk on water and oh like all of that. I had this huge obsession with like, and I would come up with all of the most ridiculous, insane things that Chuck Norris can do. Um, in addition, and so yes, I used to have a very big obsession with Chuck Norris. I remember he used to sell those uh, exercise machines on <laughs> on the when at night. Uh, what is it called? Something. Oh my gosh, I can't think of it. On the infomercials. Yeah, like he used to sell those things. I don't know. Speaking of which, okay, okay, I'm glad you. So the next question for me. All right, Dean. Did you ever have like a really weird obsession or like a real or like a really weird thing that you did as a kid that might not have been like kid like? That w- what do you mean? Like I used to watch the stories with my grandma. <laughs> okay, so that could be okay. it. Like my sister used to be obsessed with Prices Right. Oh my god, we watched um, Prices Right as a family to this day. That was my sister and my grandma's time. That was their that was their Listen. time. Like I didn't even I liked Prices Right, but I was like, this is y'all. When I, and my sister was like, four. Prices Right is listen. We and we play. We play along, and we watch Wheel of Fortune. Of course, and we watch all oh, the game course. shows and be actively playing. Like at the dinner table, it'd be like. It's serious business. Will of <laughs> Fortune. I'm nice at Will of Fortune. No. Yo, I'm saying, I still, I, son, I'm nice at Will of Fortune. I'm nice at Jeopardy. But Will of Fortune, nice I could probably make some money Will legit. Same. I, I, could, I, I could win Will of Fortune. As long as I don't end up on bankruptcy, I could win Will of Fortune. But Price is Right. But when I was Price a kid. Price is Right is the thing. Like, that was for everyone. Yeah, man. I used to be obsessed, obsessed with two people, with two things. Emeril Lagasse. I don't know what it was, but I loved Emeril Lagasse's cooking show from like, uh, from the very first time I saw it. I, I loved like I Emeril Lagasse. I was too when Emeril Lagasse stepped on the scene. Nope. Emeril Lagasse came out 
Hold on. I'm going to tell you. And then, as I looked that up, George Foreman infomercials. When the George <laughs> Foreman grill came out, I I begged my parents for a George Foreman grill. Nah. I feel like I was grown then, too, because I feel like you were I not. was. I was not you a weren't. little kid when George Foreman. Because I remember the house that I was living in when the George Foreman infomercials came out. I wasn't a little kid, but I don't. But we weren't grown at all. I'm trying to see what year this man's show came out. Uh huh. 1994. I guess you're right. Yep. 1994. The eyes of the ranger are upon. Then he opened them restaurants, and I begged to go to one of them Emerald Lagasse restaurants. And then I went and the food was really small. <laughs> but yes, those were two obsessions that I had as a kid. <laughs> what you got? Uh, okay, then. Um, let's change gears a little bit. What was your favorite okay. game to play outside? Nigga knock. You're going to have to explain that to the people. Where you go and knock on people's door and run. That is just trespassing. It is, <laughs> it is illegal <laughs> in all 50 states. I just, oh my God. <laughs> that is not a game. That is a criminal activity. Throw the firecrackers at oh. your door, smoke bombs. What kind of terrorist <laughs> children? The These are not games. Kids. That you didn't play with fire, fire. I did not. <laughs> I did not. You ain't never had them smoke bombs. You know them little round bombs and you put them at people's no door and you light them I, on fire. I, and as soon as they open them, it's a huge cloud of colorful I smoke. I totally never did that in my life. Well, I Please. did. <laughs> but you know, tag and uh, Miss Mary Mac. I love to jump rope. Um, I loved hopscotch. You know, like, like kid activities. A nigga like to ride a bike, like... I did kid activities too, but we also were bad, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. I call it being kids. No, I call it being bad. Um, <laughs> uh, Double Dutch was, was probably ranks pretty high on this on the on the list. Um, what's that game, Mother May I? Mother, Mother May, May I, I was my child. Red light, green light was also a, a red light, green light. I was actually quite nice at red light, green light because can't nobody see my freeze game. Still, I'm out here froze. I don't know. Um, red light, green light was a big deal. Uh, I didn't really hopscotch too much. Um, hand games. I loved a good hand, like a uh, like certainly. A, uh, you know, and I love to jump rope. I wasn't great at double dutch, but. You know, we used to play five. Did I y'all play five, four, three, twenty one? Mm-hmm. That was my joint. That was like a oh yeah. I can't. I don't even know how to describe that. But describe that. But if you play five, four, three, twenty one, let me know. Tweet me. That was a good time. Oh, and we built a lot of obstacle courses too. Oh, mm. we built a lot of obstacle courses just out of random shit, and then we put on a football helmet. I don't know where it came from, <laughs> and go through it. <laughs> <laughs> we had a big backyard at my grandmother's house, so we played kickball and we had a basketball court in the backyard. Lots of different things. We played stupid games too, like we would make things up. Oh, of course, every time. Um, but even the, we did a lot of stuff like inside, like the, the inside. The I was magic, gonna say, what is your favorite indoor game? We, I don't even know if we like board games and stuff. Would probably, I would probably have to say trouble because me every every Sunday. Every Sunday, when we was younger, um, 
My grandfather used to play either Trouble or Sorry with us, like Sunday evening. He would play Trouble or Sorry, and it became like a big deal. Um, so if we talking about actual legit games, it would have to be Trouble or Sorry. And Uno is still a big hit in my house. Like we still play Uno to Uno, the Uno, Uno's the goat. And then Phase Ten became became. I love a Phase thing Ten. Oh my god, I love so, Phase Ten right now. Yo, me and my cousins would literally like when we'd visit each other, we would sit up and play Phase Ten to like three in the morning, like it was. Space. I would rather like play Phase Ten. Like that's literally because right now I'm not too much into the games. I get tired very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. But Phase Ten is, is probably the game, the only game that I will probably play and see through. Ooh, I, I be the 10. I be the one. I'm I, the one on ta- on a taboo team. That's like, who wants to switch with me? I'm tired. <laughs> I don't want to do it no more. Somebody, okay. You irritating. Did you used to play Mash? Oh yeah, I was actually the queen of Mash. Mash that was like the, the games and stuff I used to play to occupy my time in church. That's yep. before the kids started being able to bring like goodie packs of activities to do. <laughs> activity packs, <laughs> activity bags. Like, you know, you used to, you used to get a piece of paper and a pen. No, my mom used to give us the paper and the pen and be like, make a tally mark every time you hear Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> make a tally mark every time you hear <laughs> No, Rhonda wasn't Girl. on that. No, she didn't do that. And then it grew into, why do you smell like brown looking? But anyway, oh. no, I used to play a lot of MASH. <laughs> that was my favorite doing game. I would have played MASH like, right it. now. That would be sense. fun. But we've been playing spades since we were like like 10, 11 years old. I didn't learn how to play spades until college because my grandfather... Oh, I learned early. My grandfather is... My a, parents played. Huh? I'm sorry, I cut you off. Uh, go ahead. My grandfather was uh, a minister, pa- a pastor, and he did not allow cards in the house. My parents were heathens who had card parties. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I, that always... Now that I'm grown, I, I don't... I feel like... I don't think that gambling is specific to that's that's my argument for for now. Like right now, if I had to debate it with my grandfather, I'm like, niggas will bet over Uno. Like you don't have to have to be niggas will bet exactly. You don't have to have cards to be gambling. But I think he didn't want us like it was all about gambling. We were not allowed to play cards in the house because we don't gamble. And he was even leery of games that had like dice. It would be like, son, it's Monopoly, (laughs) but. I definitely shot craps all I through high school. I didn't even. So. I still don't. I don't know how to do it. Like your grandparents would be like, "You no, can't hang out so with her." So many things that I don't know how to do, or like that I did not get exposed to, but until I was grown, for that reason, like legit, like I exposed myself to so many things, and I was exposed to multiple things. My parents didn't play a lot of. Uh, they didn't play. A lot, they like finished craps or nothing, but they played the hell out of some spades and some bidwiz. They played the hell out of some space. Wrong with that. I don't think there's nothing about that that makes you a heathen or anything. Nothing. Nothing at all. No, it's everything else that comes along with it. But um, (laughs) when you tell the kids to go in a room and don't come out. I remember one time I was like 15 and we went out and we were out to like four in the morning. I just knew because my parents were having a house party. My parents had like house parties. And so, and my dad DJed. Just like he did for me, but these were grown house parties and they would either tell us to go in the room or we'd have to go over somebody's house or whatever. And a lot of their friends had kids our age. So, you know, a lot of times we'd be there. But at this time, me and my homegirls went out and we're 15, but we, you know, you had one who could drive and you're going around. We got back to the house, thought we was about to sneak in. These niggas were still partying and asked us what we were doing back so early. They didn't even realize what time it was and we just knew we was going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. We just knew it. Four o'clock in the morning, 15? Nah. 
But <clears throat> yeah, those were. I think Mash was my favorite indoor game, like illegitimate indoor game. <laughs> okay, so um, spankings or timeout? Whoopings. <laughs> beatings. I wasn't beat. I was definitely spanked. (laughs) And groundings. I was grounded. I was spanked until I was like six and then I was beat. I think I was was definitely older the last spanking. I think my last spanking was probably around age 10 or so. I was about to ask you. It was probably around age 10. But I think that uh, I would would request a spanking other than like uh, before being on punishment because punishment in my house was like absolutely the living worst thing ever Mm -hmm. because it wasn't just like no TV. My grandfather had this chair in his room and had like a pink blanket over it. It was called the pink chair. (laughs) (laughs) And when you was in trouble, you had to sit in the pink chair like and just sit there. And the worst part, yeah. like, listen, I, I could, as much as I love TV and if, if I couldn't watch TV, that was in fact punishment for me. Like that was in, like totally, total oh, punishment yeah. for me. But, but beyond the punishment of not being able to watch TV, I was ignored. And if you want to get on, like, if you, if you want to grind my, if you want to get on my nerves, nothing grinds my gears and niggas moving around me like they don't see me like that. Woo, that thing just gets on like under my skin. Like they didn't they didn't even talk. I would be like, hey, how was your day? What's going on? And niggas would just be moving about like I was not even sitting there. And you want to talk about I would I would be so I was perplexed. I was flummoxed. The like every part of me was just like Oh, I, like, word. I know you see me. Like, <laughs> I would be having brat. a total fit. Like, don't ignore me. I'm here. No, when we what none of that going on in my house. We got beat. Sometimes my dad, like as we got a little bit older, he'd be like, "You want to get beat or you want to get grounded?" Or you want? I had a choice. I would wanna, always uh, say, "Beat the heck out of me, honey. Just please beat me." Yo, I remember one time I was supposed to go to the sleepover, but I didn't want to go because the family was like weird. So I was supposed to go to the sleepover and I was trying to find every excuse not to go to the sleepover. I ended up doing something, getting in trouble. And my dad was like, so you want a beating or you want to stay home from the slumber party? I was like, I'll stay home from the slumber party. <laughs> he was like, nope, I'm going to be you." <laughs> See? See? You you wasn't even that's torture thinking he was in reverse psychology, and it was the worst. That slumber party was the worst. I remember the fridge door came off at the people's house, like the whole door. Like the brother came in, and I was in the kitchen, and the brother like went in the fridge to get something and took the whole Uh, door off. (laughs) I don't know, like yo. And that's the like, reason what why. Are you doing? That's the reason why I've spent the night over <laughs> one person's house, and my rock, I, my mother did not play that. I stayed in my cousin Muffin's yeah. house, and that is it. <laughs> Anybody, all of my friends had slumber parties. I could stay until about ten thirty, and then my mother would be like, "I'm outside. <laughs> Hello, Takia has to leave now. Thank you for inviting her. Like it was not. Can you tell Takia I'm here? No, not she was in. like, no. I will be back to get you at ten o'clock, girl. Be ready." Like, uh-uh. She was not playing. I never, nah. 
She was not about that. Cause she didn't want you come. She didn't want you coming to people's house like me, where you was gonna be watching. I got the hookup. Or like my mother was always up. very like. I mean, she wouldn't <laughs> articulate it now, but I mean, she wouldn't articulate it then. But now, I feel like my mom was really like she was always leery of people's uncles and brothers and cousins and stuff. My mom she was like, too, uh-uh. <laughs> because you no. know she got that older brother mama, over there. Make sure you wear clothes. <laughs> Do they have no. brothers? She was always, she always, father? always leery. I'm like, damn, you can't just be asking if people have fathers. She was, li- she, she was <laughs> very, very leery of those kinds of things. And she was, it, it was just like, no. Mm-mm. So I only had one sleepover. Because um, they have a brother. No, I had like, my, I'm, I'm, I should say I only had one person that could sleep over. My cousin Muffin and I would go to her house and that is it. Anybody, I probably slept over. I don't even count as a sleepover to me. It's family. family. I, I can think of one other person that I slept, spent the night over her house, um, but I was with my cousin Muffin. <laughs> like, it was like, uh, it was like, uh, um, and it was a lady, a lady from my church, but my, my mom was not playing about those kinds of things. I remember Nah, my mom was paranoid, but I still, there were certain friends I could spend the night at their house and she wouldn't have a, but she, she was definitely paranoid and always asked about a damn brother. And, and a I father. feel like, and just was, man, rude. you're right. And, um, I have to say, even though I saw my mom was crazy back in the day, but I feel like if I was to have a little girl, I would be just like her. No, you're not going over there. Absolutely not. Uh uh-uh, uh, because I don't like the way uh-uh. that I don't like the way that the step certainly breathes. not. I'm certainly like, not. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> like, I just, I feel like I would be just, no about to be like, can I spend the night at Savannah's house? And I'm gonna be like, uh uh-uh, uh, because I don't know her daddy like that. He only spoke to me once. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My mother was so big on asking about people's parents. Who are her people? <laughs> Where does she stay? Who are her family? Who mm-hmm. lives in their house? Where do they? Because it was always like, where do they live? Do they where Where do they live? And I'm like, you can't just be asking where people live and if they have fathers. <laughs> you can't. You can't just be out here doing that. All right, all right. Let me ask you this: Do you okay. remember what was your first day of school outfit in sixth grade? Oh, sixth grade. It was a uniform. Oh, y'all wore uniforms. Dang. Yeah. I wore uniform. Uh, eighth grade, I didn't. I wore uniforms until fourth grade because that's when we left. Well, I was in Catholic school until fourth grade, and then we left. Um. I only wore uniforms for. Wait, did we wear? We didn't wear them in elementary until they. It was new, like they had just implemented it for public school to wear uniforms, and so I think we started wearing them in like fifth grade because I wore what I wanted until fourth grade, and then fifth grade we started wearing. So I wore f- uniforms for fifth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, and then that was it. Those were the only years I wore. Mm, what? But I remember. What was my first? Ooh, eighth grade though. What was my first? I feel like it was some Tommy oh Hilfiger. I think I had a Tommy Hilfiger, some Tommy Hilfiger sneakers, and a Tommy Hilfiger like, like wind uh, breaker jacket thing. But it was one of them swishy swishy jackets that don't do anything. Oh, and um, I had all the swishy and some jeans. Pants, man. Woo. And I had a silver <clears throat> canvas, like a not canvas, a silver uh, messenger bag. <laughs> Tommy ah, Hilfiger. It what was about silver? <laughs> It was so oh my ugly. Gosh. <laughs> but I thought I was so fly going up there with all my Tommy on. I was so pressed. What was your sixth grade? I remember this outfit? very specifically because my daddy took me to Fordham Road. <laughs> yes! 
Easy pickings. For the road in the Bronx. We got on the yes. train with the Fordham Road. I was so pressed. I'm going to get my first day of school outfit. Off the four train. I'm going, you know what I'm saying? It's getting my first day of school outfit. I had some purple jeans. They was probably cross color. We got it from Jimmy mm-hmm. Jazz. I, Jimmy Jazz Jimmy is, Jazz still, is around. still around. But I had one, and I had this the purple jeans. I had some feelers. Yes, high, the high top, top but ones. mine were purple and white to match my jeans, of course. And um, of course. I had this like polka dot top. I don't know who that was by. It was probably some random. I don't know, but it was like a polka dot top. I had my felas and my purple jeans. I was so excited, and I had a ma- I had a purple Jansport book bag. Come on, and, um I had my mother. See, back in the day, I could never. I could only wear my jewelry to church. <laughs> <laughs> I could not wear my jewelry. To These are such interesting. Rules. Yes, I could only when we was dressed up. I had I had like a ring and I had a name necklace, and um oh yeah, and uh I could wear my earrings to school, but and I had a bracelet, but I couldn't wear the other jewelry, the other stuff to because we had to like change for gym and stuff. And Rhonda was always concerned I was going to lose my stuff, um but she let me wear my necklace right, to school, and I was so pressed. I don't even remember how my hair was, but I was... I was about to ask you I how was remember. your hair. Um, I do... I had bangs, and mine was half up and half down. I don't think I had... I want to say it was probably just a, a ponytail. Um, but I will say in seventh grade, I wore my hair... <laughs> that's when I... That's when I started going to going to the hairdresser regularly. Rhonda kept me in the hairdresser. I told you I had a standing hair appointment once a week my whole life. And they probably started around the seventh grade. And I will say in seventh grade, I wore flips. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I used to wear my hair going all back and I would flip this. (laughs) With a flip. And I was styling, profiling. Y'all are mad. It's okay. (laughs) I definitely wait. I had flips. flips, and I've also had the flips where when I curl it, like I did it too tight. <laughs> Listen, growing up black, flips, honey. If you never wore no flips, flips. Wait, flips and crimps. I, oh, crimps. My mother wasn't really into the crimps Sis. too much because she was like, it's damaging, <laughs> and she thought they no. were grown. No. I remember being. In sixth grade, and wanted to have, I wanted to get French rolls. I want, and you know, the French roll was like, was like the hump at the top, and then you would wear Mm -hmm. the back down, either flipped or bumped under. (laughs) My mother let me do that for like Easter, but she would not let me get that. And my friend Tabitha, her sister was in the BOCES program to be a cosmetologist, so she used to practice on Tabitha's hair. Tabitha used to be in the sixth grade with full French rolls with Flips. with pearls and gold clips, and we'd be like, "Girl, what? Where are you going? Like full hairdo?" Oh my gosh! Do you remember that little? Um, do you remember that little bandana face? It had that little face where there was like a little bandana, like like a little thing to match every yes. outfit. Like Tupac, oh, like wear it around your head. You wear, the, you wear it around your head, but it wasn't necessarily like the the standard bandana. It was like they had these strings, and they start they sold them everywhere, like Claire's, Forever Twenty, all of that. And they would have these little bandanas that you would tie. And some people wear. I wore the bang with the Ooh. with the wrap, and I wore the little bandana. Oh like God, we dressed so. Ugly. I had bangs in seventh grade, but that was probably the last time I had a bang. Until prom, I had I had bangs 
up I had up and down bangs from like all through elementary. I didn't like bangs and in, in junior high. I had bangs. Yeah, I had bangs for um I, prom, but they were like they were like a faux bang. It was like she just like it was just like the I I have to explain it. It's like the track and then the updo, but it just looked like it was a bang, but it wasn't. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking it was about. A faux bang. I know what you're talking about. My cousins had that for their for their prom. <clears throat> I um. But I loved me some crimps. Let me tell you, I had me a golden hot oh crimp iron, and I used to crimp the shit out of my hair, and it probably was damaging Absolutely. shit. Frying. But it looked good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, would you, what would you say is the most, oh, let me read one of yours. Um, but da, 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 da. Um, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> most memorable disciplinary moment. Please share. <laughs> so please many. share. So, oh my God, I I'm not trying to plug myself. So, but we did have an entire episode about school, um, on Jade Next Day two weeks ago with Crystal, and so I've I talked about that. But I, for those who have not listened, my my most memorable disciplinary moment. There's two. There was that time I got a beating when I was 15 because I waited until the last minute to watch three star wars movies and read a book (laughs) for my final and the night before the final i told my dad i was like yo i need to go to blockbuster and he was like for what i was like i gotta rent all the uh all the star wars movies he's like uh, he's like for what i was like for for my english class and i have to watch them and he was like all right so i'll take you tomorrow before school and i was like no 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 i need to go now and he was like why i was like because it's tomorrow He's like, all right. <clears throat> he took me to Blockbuster. We rented all three Star Wars movies. And then he came back and gave me the <laughs> beating of my existence. I mean, he beat me with what? a weight belt. And then I begged for like, he. my dad was so, he was really interesting. Um, he beat me with a weight belt. No, he was not abusive. <clears throat> um, and I feel like times were very different then. And then I begged for him to like use a regular size belt. He was like, oh, you want, okay. He went and got a smaller worse, belt, and let worse, me tell you, worse, I wish for that worse. weight belt all over. It's the little one again. So there was that, but the most memorable is when I had a boyfriend, a boy I agreed to go with in the sixth grade, and I was so mad because I did not want to go with this nigga. And I'm sorry if you're hearing <laughs> the story again. And so the nigga wrote me a note and was like, "Oh my nah. baby." I'm so glad you said you would go with me. You You know, I'm so glad you said you'd be my woman. Like, I'm not a woman. I don't even have a period yet. Um, And I put it, I threw it in the bottom of my bag. The nigga was ugly. Like, he was short. I was just very, but he was, he pressured me. So I was like, fine, nigga, I'll go with you just so he'll leave me alone. So the next day I was getting up for school and I was getting ready. And my mother was like, why your bag? So what? I'm, you got so much stuff in your bag. You got too much stuff in your bag. It's bad for your back. She was like, "Get some of this stuff out of here before you go to school." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no! I'll clean it up later." And she was like, "No, this is not good for you." And I was like, "I'll do it later." And she's like, "What are you hiding in here?" So she starts going through my bag. She finds this note from Larry, and I, she was like, "Oh, I'm tell your father." So she told him, and my dad came home, and he acted like nothing was wrong. What's going on? How you doing? good how was your day it was fine like waiting for this nigga to say something he don't say nothing the whole night we eat dinner watch tv all of that <clears throat> i go to bed about two o'clock in the morning my dad comes and wakes me up get up 
I was like, why? He was like, get up. I was like, what's wrong? He was like, nothing. I need you to get up. I want you to walk around, walk around the house twice. <laughs> so I was like, what? So he has me walk through the kitchen, walk through the living room, come back to my room, tells me to go back around, come do it again. I went back to my room. I was like, what the, what the hell? Like, what is this? He was like, you want to go with little niggas? This is what happens. You end up getting pregnant. You got to get up in the middle of the night and walk around with a baby. He was like, (laughs) so he's like, you want to go with little niggas? Like, you want to, you want to go with them? He was like, this is what the outcome is. This is what happens. And you're going to be waking up at two o'clock in the morning. But next time it's going to be with a baby. And let me tell you something. I'm not getting up with you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was the most memorable disciplinary moment I have ever had. My in mama my life. had a conversation with me, but I wouldn't say it was a disciplinary moment. And it wasn't even like I was dating anyone. Someone called my house to get the math questions. They wanted to know whether or not we were supposed to do even or odd. So they called my house, right? The they was just like, we supposed to do even or odd. Like it was so dramatic. Like I was somewhere in the house and it was like, Kia, telephone. And it was just like, it's Marcus. And I was, everyone was like, what? Oh, like, Marcus. But I was, it was nothing. <laughs> this was not like a dating situation. He literally was just like, hey, we supposed to do the odd questions or the even questions. And I was like, how you get my number? Like, what are you doing? So, um, <laughs> so I remember, and my mother waited so patiently. She was so just nice and quiet about it. And I was sitting on the couch and she came and sat next to me and was just like, let me tell you something. I have raised my children to Kia. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking I have raised my children. Yeah, I, I will not raise another one. So you want to be out here having <laughs> these boys call the house? You want to be out here doing all kinds no. of things? That is your business, girl. But I'm telling you that I will not. You will be on your own. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm like 11. I'm like, girl, what are you talking? What are you talking about? Like, I was. I was 11 no, years, like, I was like, like I'm so confused right now. I was like, are you dating? Am I dating? What are you talking? He asked, are you, where am I go going? Like, dating? Are you kidding me? Like, you know where I, I was so times. confused. She had a conversation, but I wouldn't Ooh. say that, that was a disciplinary moment. If I had to think, it was elementary school, though. It wasn't like middle school. And uh, we had notebooks. Me and my friends, we had notebooks. Like you would like write a letter in the notebook and give it to your friend. And give it to them. And then they write what to give it back. And we would write all. We had those foolishness in those. We would be talking about people, talking about boys, all this other thing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really the content. My mother was most concerned about the cursing because it would just be like for no reason cursing. Like just outright no like no rhyme no reason just expletives just they didn't even make sense so I was just like just out, it's just exactly. like girl this is not even what, what does this that mean <laughs> somebody found a book one of the parents found a book and it became like a thing and we all kind of got and my mother made me read the book like read and I was just yeah, like, oh my God, words. I will die. Like, I cannot read this out loud. No, read it. You wrote it. You have to read it. Read it where we can hear you. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, I I don't want to read it. Why? You don't want to say these ugly words that you've been writing? You're supposed to be writing? <laughs> I was like, girl, I'm just, why have you? Oh, now you don't want to say the words that you've been writing. 
I'm oh like, my girl, God, my cheek hurt. Oh my too. gosh. But yeah, that was that was the most memorable disciplinary moment because I can remember like literally standing up in the living room, sweating profusely through my Hanes sweatsuits. I wore lots of those. Rhonda was big. Oh she would go gosh. to Kmart Caldors and get sweatsuits, honey. Not Caldors. She would get them sweatsuits. They had to be like, you could get like five for 20 or something. It, and she would get colors. She would get two neutrals and three like three colors colors so it would be <laughs> like gray black and then it would be like pink green purple she was my mother was so big on like duplicates <laughs> i remember having like multiple things so remember when overalls were really big i had overalls oh, yeah. these short overalls i had fuchsia turquoise and purple <laughs> and yellow and i, I yep. mean like literally i just cycled into those like literally just rotated those four pairs of overalls like that once a week mom. We went. We 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 went on a uh, vacation to Chicago one summer, and we were gonna be gone for like a month. And my mom, I think she went to the Gap or somewhere, and bought like shorts in like eight different colors in all of these tank tops, mm-hmm. and was like rotate. That's yes. <laughs> that was she was so she was so big on that. But I I wore I didn't really have like a staple anything that I wore growing up. Like I kind of. I kind of just, I don't know. I wore what so I like. You didn't have a sense of style. Oh, I had a lot of cross colors. No, I was a tomboy. I, like I was were. a big tomboy. Well, I know I wear, so. Yeah, I think so. That was the style. But one thing I didn't wear was baby fat wear jackets. I feel like I was grown when baby I know you grown. didn't. You know why? Because you don't have no <laughs> children. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. One thing that I did that I did all the time though in school, and I really don't. I think it was because I was chubby and very, 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 very like uncomfortable in my body, um, for mm-hmm. lots of different reasons. So I, this is like interesting. It has nothing really to do with the show, but I feel like I want to say this right now. I think that like growing up in the church, having like having curves was like frowned upon not necessarily well uh-huh i wouldn't say that someone looked at you I, I don't feel like i was shamed because i feel like everyone was conscious and clear that like it wasn't my fault like you shaped the way you shaped but i definitely remember mm-hmm. it being like if you 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 know everything being too tight on your butt or like you know all these kinds of things and or make sure you wear a slip. Yes, but I just remember being so super self-conscious until it, it was it like, and it made me like not appreciate having a butt and hips and stuff. Like I thought that these were terrible things because mm-hmm. all of my skinny bony friends who didn't have nobody, they no one was ever telling them about their clothes. You know what I'm saying? No like you know, mm-hmm. someone was always finding something to say about me because I felt like you know. I had a butt <laughs> like my whole life. Um, and I always had a butt. I wished. So I, I, I said that to say like in middle school I and in high school, I wore my coat like all day long. Like I, I just, yes, like yes, clothes were not baggy and all that stuff. But even after like when girls started dressing like girls, cause I remember, I remember in high school and girls started wearing like, Though, like, girls didn't wear, like, book bags no more. They were wearing, like, them shoulder bags from, like, Contempo Casuals. And uh-huh. uh, everyone had, like, coach belts. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember when girls started 
Yeah. Or and the baby were, You know, people started getting their nails done and stuff. So I remember when, you know, we girls started transitioning into like more feminine things. But I still, I had this mm-hmm. Pico. Again, my daddy took me somewhere. Ford Road or what's another 125th Street or something. <laughs> and I had a Pico. Mm-hmm. It, it was reversible. One side, one side was just navy blue. The other side had was like different colors. It was like this terrible pattern, horizontal color. I don't know, but horizontal colors. It was like a red stripe, a green stripe, a yellow stripe, a blue stripe. And I wore that coat every single day. Every day. Um and Aww. just because it was just like my security blanket because I was in my coat and I didn't even realize that it was a thing. But when I went senior year in high school, I went to prom and niggas like found out that I had a little body up underneath all of that. It was like, whoa, like it was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, like it was like, yeah. I'm still the same yeah. kid. Y'all been walking past your whole life. But I remember that. So yep. yeah, I wore, I definitely, I don't even know. I, I I had all the, you know, it was same old thing. We all wore sneakers and jeans and, and Tim's. And um, I remember fleeces. Mm-hmm. Was, <laughs> I love the fleece. I remember asking my mama for, I, I had that lime green fleece. old lady performance fleece. That was on my Christmas list, girl. Like, I need. I had a yellow oh, one and a red one. It was such a big deal. Um, but we, yeah, we wore all the same things. Oh my God. Um, but I definitely wore my coat. I wore my coat until, until... I was just like, all right. I remember I, I tried to lose a little weight because I didn't want to be chubby for prom. So I ran track for like a few minutes and I lost a, a gang of weight. Oh, and then it was like, oh, I don't got to wear my coat no more because, you know, I don't got a belly. That's when niggas start really seeing it when I started running track. And it was like, yeah, oh. man. And I remember my okay. mom came to that track meet and was just like, well, why do they have you running these little draws? I'm like, but they're briefs. Everybody <laughs> on the team wears... Because Everybody in the team in wears the briefs. Well, I don't understand why you got to wear your panties out there. No, my mother was the opposite. She kept asking me if I was a lesbian until oh, I was like God. 22. So, because I was a Not tomboy for so long. <laughs> no, she asked me if I... No, I mean, I. you know, I was very tomboyish. I had a, I had a good amount of uh, dressed uh, like a stud. lesbian friends in high school and... I dressed like a stud. I wore fitteds. I wore like dicky jumpsuits. I wore jeans and like big hoodies. Like I wore, you know, big clothes. But um, so yeah, she asked me that for mad long. <laughs> the most ridiculous thing I ever did was put a pack of Rolos wrapper in my mouth. And um, terrible. I had a grill oh. in my eighth grade picture, and my mother was. She should have been. She mad. should have been angry. She, was she like, what been. is this? <laughs> what is this? She should have been. And that's when they would give you the pictures and they would tell you, they'd give you literally the whole pack, like the family size, all of that, and be like, tell your parents if they want to buy this package or this package. I'm like, your dumbasses are giving these these pictures. We ain't paying for this and giving these back to you. You already gave them to us. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And my mother was like, I'm not paying for them. They already gave them to you. But she was big mad. I was like, how are you going to be mad? You ain't even paying for the pictures. Remember when you had to get (laughs) your school pictures and you, you, you could pick the background? My mother never, ever let you me pick my background. Trees. I always wanted like the fun one. And she was like, really? traditional. I'm like, girl, don't nobody want to sit in front of this blue background every year. I was upset. Girl, just let me. I'm like, what are you doing? I was so mad. 
at elementary school, my mom would be so upset on picture day because she'd be like, that is not how I did your hair that morning. That is Remember not how I did your hair. Like, my mother said, you put that little comb in your hair, I will beat you <laughs> open. I will beat you until you bust open. You understand? You're going to get lice. You're going to get lice. I'm like, black people don't Child, get lice. The little lady <laughs> try to touch. Don't let that lady touch your hair neither. I did it. It's done. Oh, my God. My mom... When I remember I had the most ridiculous grown haircut oh, no. in third grade. I had the longest hair and I begged. You had an asymmetrical. I mean, begged my mother for a bob. Oh, no, sis. I had a bob, like a full-blown, like, oh. bob to my ears. I asked for a show. I asked to cut all my hair off. And um, I wanted bangs. And they flat ironed my hair. And I had a bob. And I don't know why. At the time, now I'm looking at my mother now crazy. Because they shaved oh. the back of my neck. <laughs> like, I got it done in a salon, and it was a black, well-known salon. They did the hell out of my hair, but there's no reason I Looking like and salt and pepper. Girl, get your life. Back. <laughs> Nobody has time for you. Out here looking like Spinderella. <laughs> my grandmother saw me. She was like, a shaved neck? <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I hope y'all are. <laughs> and I wore mad rings. Oh my God! I had a ring era as well. This was in high school though. I had so, so many. I had a rings. jewelry thing at one point. I had so many necklaces. Yes. I would wear like three or four chains out here, looking crazy. So stupid. Yes. Name necklaces. I had the um. Oh my God! The gold heart rings with the initial. All that in stuff cost twelve dollars, like, and you would just be out here. Oh no, mine was gold. I got it from it was gold plated. It was gold though. Or you get it from like you get it from like anything from the kiosk. Talk about I went. I go all my gold from from Fordham Road. It was gold. It was like girl. It cost twenty dollars. It was cheaper. It cost twenty dollars. But yes. What is a what was your favorite movie as a kid? Um, I can't. The first thing that popped in my head is Ghost Dad. I don't know why. I just remember so my mother random. took me and my brother to the movies. It was my first time in the movie theater, and I was so pressed. Like, oh my god, we're going to the movies. I don't want to say it was my favorite. The first movie um, I, I don't want to say it was my favorite movie, but there are definitely movies I watched over and over again. Uh, I don't know though. It was Sister Act? Sister Act. Sister Act 2 and Sister Act, like Sister Act with the nuns, though. That was my joint. Sister, yeah, with Um, the nuns. Hail Mother of Mercy and of Love. Oh, my. Remember when they thought, remember when we thought that little skinny one was really singing? Like, we were like, oh, she can sing. And now I go back and listen to it. I'm like, she had. Like a mother, though. (laughs) That Um, was not her voice. I can't think. I know I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids a whole lot. And Home Alone, I I had all of them joints. Um, and all the Disney joints, you know Home what I'm saying? Too. And because we watched Disney of different course. in my house, though, because, you know, we were all musically inclined. We would just be in there singing, just singing down. Like, and t- I feel like that <laughs> is a black. It got to the point, man, I'm telling you, singing, we were singing down like harmony. My house was just like not your average house, though, because my grandfather grew up singing like quartet and, um, we all sung like in church and stuff. So like we would get shaded and in trouble if it was unison. It'd be like my mother would literally come and count like it's four. It's three of y'all. Why I only hear two parts? Excuse me. 
You'd be like, sorry, girl, figure it out. Again, I had heathen parents. Like, they didn't, it was not, we would sing together. I mean, it was, you know, I just can't wait to be, everybody's, everybody can't no, wait to be king in my house. Singing. But my grandma, so my grandmother and my father both sung, but they sung at like weddings and shit. Like, people would ask them to sing at like events and they would sing like Luther Vandross or like, um, they would sing like Will Downing and, and Michelle, you know, Michelle Pharrell duets Come on, Michelle and stuff Pharrell. like that. But my parents also would like have us sit up there and perform for them. And I remember my sister was like eight years old up there singing Mary J. Blige, <laughs> Knock and Cry. <laughs> and they were so entertained. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, but your eight year old is talking about not being somebody's lover and secretary. Not secretary. <laughs> like, what are y'all secretary. doing? Just up there Look at her. Oh Look God. at her. Like your eight year old is distraught over a nigga. Like it's I'm trying to figure business. out. We, me, my <laughs> brother, and my cousin Brandon got like uh, <laughs> we got toy microphones one year for Christmas, and we used to like set up mm-hmm. in the ki- in the living room and like perform straight up like concerts. We used to put on these like concert uh, VHS tapes and literally sing along. My brother had a guitar. He would probably bust me upside my head. <laughs> for like saying this to other people he had a red guitar and when i tell you that boy used to play that guitar on that microphone and i would be like it would be a thing and we also we would play we would play office and we would play church we would like flip a coin we always over like who's gonna be the preacher i will always love to read the announcements <laughs> <laughs> giving honor to god who is the head of my life <laughs> like, what an idiot like why would we do these things uh, what were my favorite movies as a kid? Oh, I I used to love Adventures in Babysitting, and then um, oh my god, Lean on Lean Me, on me. I was can one of my quote. like. I, and word oh, for word. wow, I'm tripping. Smoke crap, right? I'm tripping because I love I loved movies like Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles, and we used to see, we we saw all the Batman's like all the Batman's, all of like, them, actual factual, like Jack Shit, Nicholson like, in the theater. I remember my parents, We they dropped us off. They went out somewhere and they dropped us off at somebody's house and picked us up at like nine o'clock and took us to the movies when Malcolm X came out and made us go watch Malcolm X. That's a community outing. We're going. (laughs) They were. And then same with Crooklyn. We went to go see Crooklyn when it came out. And that was one of my my favorite movies, too. Oh, my gosh. This is fun. I hope that people don't like hate it. They're like, y'all are just talking. (laughs) We're just talking. That's exactly what we're doing. But it's growing up black. I'm I'm, I'm anxious to hear if people can relate to this, if y'all want to share stories, or if if we just the only crazy ones. What was your favorite after-school snack? Beefaroni. Son, why do we have, like, that's not a snack. (laughs) That's a meal. (laughs) We will always come home and have a snack for us. And when when I think about it, when there was... When I think about it, there was a reason why I was almost 200 pounds in high school because I would come, I would come home from school every day and have a meal before dinner. You know, like full course. Meal. And let me tell you, I ate like a pregnant woman when I was a kid because I had a, so I had a combination that I like lived for and I don't I do not know <laughs> why. But I would have beefaroni. Like me and my sister would split a can of beefaroni and I would make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I always had to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and beefaroni. And I, that would probably give me diarrhea now. <laughs> but what is wrong like, with you? 
<laughs> I ate terribly. I loved that combination. It is a wonder. It is a wonder that I don't have t- horrible cholesterol issues. I ate so bad in high school. We used to eat so awful. Okay, for lunch, I would get a bagel with cream cheese, and I would put Doritos on the bagel. Oh my god! <laughs> Isn't that the most disgusting thing you've ever heard? But that joint tasted so good; it was amazing. But so is beefaroni. And then and I would have my bagel and chips. And then I would go get three Otis Monk Meyer cookies, sugar, and I would have an Arizona iced tea. We talking like 3,000 calories. This is lunch. This is lunch. And then I would go home and have a pack of ramen. (laughs) I would have a pack of ramen for my snack, right? I would have a pack of ramen and like some Sunny Delight. And And then... my mom didn't and then my grandmother would always cook full course meals every day like she didn't play around with none of them quick 30 minute joints it was a full I'm talking about a meat and three sides every day and I would sit up and eat it'd be fried chicken and noodles or something like chicken and dumplings (laughs) and green beans and cornbread or like meatloaf and mashed potatoes after I just had ramen a full pack of ramen at like 4pm and I'm sitting up here eating dinner at 7 o'clock that was my favorite snack. I love the fuck out of some beefaroni. Child. It w- Them weird noodles. Awful. What else did I eat? I ate so much trash. We definitely drank Kool-Aid. Um, but my mom didn't buy Sunny D. I, she, and she didn't buy a lot of soda either. Like, we weren't really... she We weren't big soda people. And I my parents actually got on the whole um, healthy wave pretty early. In my life, like probably when I hit like 11, because we ate like real niggas up until then. Oh, which brings, okay, you know what? I'm going to flip it and bring it to my next question. What, did your mom have like any staple meals that she yes. would make? Like any. <laughs> once a week, we would have like like certain things you knew that you was going to have once a week. Mini steaks was one of like, them. Mini steaks and gravy mm-hmm. with rice and probably like cream corn or something. Um, you had to have chicken usually. And then Thursday nights was spaghetti. (laughs) Thursday That's real. I think we ate spaghetti once a week. We ate white rice with everything. We ate white rice. But, um, I think if it wasn't mini steaks, my grandma would make like hamburgers and gravy. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be, that was a big one. On special occasions, not special occasions, but every now and then we would have something like chicken pot pie or lasagna or something like that but every one once a week you was having chicken fried or baked like it would be chicken and rice chicken Mm -hmm. and noodles chicken and dumplings one of those things my grandma was also good for throwing a salmon croquette up in there too my grandpa loved the salmon croquette she would make salmon croquettes sometimes she would have like ham and apples yeah and my grandpa Ooh, that sounds like ham and apples and she would make a homemade roll mm, mm. Jesus mm-hmm. God is moving so good so good so good so like the routine Ooh. was whatever we ate on Sunday you had leftovers on Monday and then Tuesdays oh, yeah. would, would like start the rotation so yeah. like you yeah I think yeah we I think that must so I think that's a staple thing because we had we had chicken at least fried or baked, mostly baked chicken um, throughout the week. My mom, because my mom is a chef, like she would cook other things. But my dad, 
had like real staple meals. So I told you that my family got on the healthy wave like real early. So we started doing brown rice early. We did so much baked chicken. And then my parents started. So I also grew up, while I grew up very black, I also grew up a l- very interesting hmm. as well. So I think when I hit like 12 or 13, my parents got on a real healthy wave. My parents started taking apple cider vinegar shots in the morning. Um my, you know, my dad would take a spoonful of coconut oil because he said it was good for your joints. <laughs> and then my parents, my mom would cook vegetables like we'd have collard greens, green beans, you know, stuff like that. But then my parents got on a wave where during the week we would drink our vegetables. They got on the juicing mm. wave. And so we had to have like a combo of like carrot, apple, celery, kale, parsley, Cucumber, um, beets. This is very um, outside of my frame of reference. And they would juice our vegetables, and my dad would make us drink this terrible vegetable Yikes. juice as our dinner, <laughs> as our that vegetable for that our sounds... dinner. He's like, "This is, this is, this is. You're getting enough nutrients from the vegetables of like That's three terrible. days." My father also tried to get a pet goose <laughs> at one time, so this is the type of house that I grew, grew up in. But um, but before that, like before they got on the wave. My dad cooked like a couple staple meals. So he's very regular. So my mom would cook. We always had Jiffy cornbread. Like we had Jiffy cornbread so much during the week with our dinners. And my dad put jelly and and butter on his cornbread. So I grew up putting jelly and butter on my cornbread. But um, my dad would cook fried pork chops, white rice, and those little green peas in the (laughs) silver can. Or he would cook this meal with white rice (laughs) Some kind of vegetable, usually broccoli or those green peas, because he was obsessed with those green peas. And he would make this hamburger, um, like, but he would, you know, like, crumble it up in gravy with peppers and onions. And we eat that over white rice. And that was one of his meals or spaghetti. Always. Those were the three meals that my father would make consistently in Kool-Aid. Those were the three meals he made consistently before they got on the healthy way. And cornbread. Always cornbread. Good times. I think we should wrap up because we'll sit here all night. One thing that happens to be my speciality, okay, is worrying. <laughs> I mm. have, It is something that I have excelled at for the larger duration of my life. But now I'm working towards unlearning those uh, unhealthy and unhelpful practices and learning a different way um, of approaching things. But sort of my age old uh, tendency is to focus on the problem um, and get sort of caught down in the weeds of figuring the problem out that I really don't even have the time or the capacity or bandwidth to think about solutions. Um, And, you know, it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode, especially when you're facing a challenge in your life. But when you learn how to find your own solution, there really is no better better feeling and a therapist can help you become a problem solver making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or how small and I've said it before and I will continue to say that one of the game changer aspects of therapy for me have been you know it really is just someone to help you uh, change your perspective get out of your own way to stop seeing a situation in the limited view or vantage point that you currently have and you know it's someone to help you sort of process your thoughts and and give you sort of tools for zooming out and thinking about things differently 
those perspectives have been those perspective changing activities have really been a game changer for me. They've made all of the difference. It's helped me to sort of have my feelings to honor and acknowledge them, but to not let them take over my life or my capacity to move through the challenge. Um, You know, even when it seems like it is something that, you know, is coming down, it's all encompassing, it's all enclosing in. Um, therapy has has really been a game changer. Um, and if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grown today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grown. All right, guys, let's gather around the kitchen table for the first time in 2020. Um, <laughs> we are indeed living in perilous times. Oh, um God. And I have to be honest, I call Latoya's, I don't know, I don't know if I shared this, but I decided to drive to Tennessee um, because, you know, I'm no stranger to a road trip. My family and I, my, I was raised on them. My family mm-hmm. was really big on road trips. And having been on, I've been on like 40 planes in 2019. I also needed to take care of some other things um, and just was like, you know what? I I love the flexibility of having a car and, you know, if I drive, I can come and go as I please. So Mm -hmm. I decided to load up my laundry (laughs) into my car. You college student. I drove down on Christmas Eve and it was actually really, really cool. Like I was not at all pressed. I'm really good like at road trips. Um, Mm -hmm. Like as long as I have enough rest and I have, uh, you know, lightning cords yeah, <laughs> and food. uh you know and i don't stop all that much i literally stop twice like just to get gas and food and and um like go to the bathroom but 10 hours i was there no problemo that's but not um bad. that's not bad yeah not bad at all as i was um coming back uh to dc yesterday i called the toy i got an alert on my apple watch um that's you know that said that I ran uh, announced that it was no longer abiding by the nuclear uh, bomb agreement that they signed in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, literally cut my music off and everything. and was just like riding down uh, I-81, like praying out loud. Like, Lord, what is going on? Everything is going crazy. Um, so for those of you who don't know, y'all's president has again taken matters into his own hands. Mm-hmm. Um and his I, tiny hands <laughs> authorized his tiny orange hands <laughs> and i don't know authorized the attack that resulted in the in the death of the second uh i think his name is Soliman. um uh, yeah um his name is I, oh, I, I had this right here <laughs> i had this right here ready to go um Soleimani, um was the uh oh goodness uh, he was an um, uh, Iranian major general in the mm-hmm. Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps um, Kasim Soleimani yes um so he literally like the that nigga in, in Iran <laughs> like literally um it would be Ooh. the equivalent of somebody killing Colin Powell back in the day yeah um so 
Needless to say, Iran has, I mean, you guys, I mean, been listening to the news um, um, and all of that. Iran has been very vocal about retaliating um, Mm -hmm. and there being some sort of attack on the United States and all of this talk about World War Three. Shout out to Twitter for the memes that have carried us through. Wow. Yes. Um, but you know I mean in all seriousness this has resulted Mm -hmm. in a lot of people from the armed forces being deployed and people who are already deployed Mm -hmm. uh, you know literally there's been an attack in Kenya so there's all kinds of things that are going on Mm -hmm. um, and casualties are happening um, and the uh, thought the, the idea that that we are under, we could be under some sort of threat of attack is not a far-fetched one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, Toya and I were talking earlier today about what to do. Like, you know, cause I, I, I think a lot about, you know, being a single woman living here in an area where I don't have any family. Um, and what, what would it mean? Like if something was to hit the fan, what steps do I need to take? Um, how do I need to, to prepare? What are the things that I need to be thinking about? So, uh, I mentioned it to Jade and we thought that it would make for a good kitchen table talk for us to, to talk, to think about what something, what are some of the things that we can do or should have in place, uh, such that if anything happens, we can be m- more informed, more more ready. I don't even feel like ready is the right word because who can be ready for something like this? Right. But um, just I feel like in the vein of our show and <laughs> us talking about how to navigate being adults, you know, if something happens, we have to be adults, right? So we have to face it kind of head on and just wanted to kind of broach a conversation around our feelings about these things. And again, what are some things that we could be doing to um, be more informed, aware and prepared citizens to respond um, to the event of some sort of disaster? Now, I will say um, Iran spoke out because, you know, it started buzzing and we were it, it was buzzing all over the world. And Iran spoke out and said, hold on, y'all. Let's be clear here real quick. Um, we ain't got no problem with the Americans. We got a problem with because I don't have no problem with y'all. Let's just be clear. Let's be very. I want y'all to know that I I think that you are fine people. (laughs) I think you're great. I tweeted a upstanding citizens. Really, it was like, listen, yo, I will bring a bottle and some ice. Whatever y'all need, we can break bread. We can have a meal. We sure can. Have no problems. Really? No problem. That ain't no problem. That ain't literally, no problem. Like we could literally have a cookout and we can share and, and just have a good time. We sure can. But I'm sorry. Fellowship. I cut you off. No, but you're I, just fine. Wanted, I wanted to just emphasize that I too have no problem <laughs> with the problem. Iranian people. No. None. We ain't got no problem with y'all. Y'all ain't got no problem with us. No beef. We too have a problem with their leader. Please make that aware. And I would ask, because I did hear... Also, that in that in their statements around mm-hmm. um, um, their uh, where their beef is directed, right? Mm-hmm. So their mm-hmm. beef is not with American citizens. Their mm-hmm. beef is with leaders, mm-hmm. and and one leader in particular, and the one that lives not far from me. Yeah. Um, so I would only ask but that if y'all also, are going to do something, yeah. like just let me know because I can call out. <laughs> Please. 
please. I can call out and find somewhere else to be, man. All but you I'm, got to just give up. Give if you ain't got no problem with the American people, just give us a little. A little wink. Listen, a little you head could nod. send us a DM or something. We can circulate it through our Twitter. Um, we will not spread it to any news worry. outlets. It's safe. We know how to do these things. We're we versed. Sure we are the people of the Underground Railroad. We can get a we can get a message spread. Okay, y'all forget we have secret black people. We meetings. know how to do this. <laughs> we we have secret black people meetings. We know, and they put eighty million dollars on your boy's head. Uh, a bounty and you know it really made me think like hmm do i hmm. want to you know do i want to throw my ring into this <laughs> but listen i've been watching godfather of harlem and huh. i was on the episode where they was betting uh between um between i think the boy's name was dante jones maybe and muhammad ali and I wanted to, I, I'm, I'm willing, you know, to go play the numbers real quick. You know what I'm saying? Is all I'm saying. <laughs> like, what is it? Eight to eight? Not a problem. <laughs> so, so we just wanted to make it explicitly clear before we get into our get ready packs Listen. that we also don't have a problem with you all. And uh, what's long, you know, we want that to be, be that, be very clear. So. My Bible instructs me to live peaceably among all men. And that's all what men. I'm here to do. I'm here to do that. Peaceably. Y'all know I love all cuisines. Listen. I love all people. I respect all cultures. You know what I'm saying? And some of it, like, we are really just, we just trying to, we got our vision boards. We're trying to see 2020 through. Mm-hmm. We don't want no smoke. No. Look at, we got Yara Shahidi. She is <laughs> a good, she's like a nice balance between the two of us. <laughs> Our people, you is know she what I'm Iranian? saying? She is. Oh my god, she's Iranian and black. She sure is. So That's like, so you know, Yara. <laughs> we, That's we, our niece. You know, we stand for her. We on stand this for show. Yara. So we just want y'all to know, like, it's not a problem. But in the vein, you, that doesn't mean that things will not happen because things have happened in the past, and we know with uh, the little dick. Uh, authority that we have oh in word. office and all running through our government and um and including the men who came up with everything <laughs> sweet all we got to stay ready so sis what do you have first on so, your list um there are things that we just should need that we need to kind of keep in mind as uh, adults we need to be ready operating in the event of power outages any kind of things like that um uh, one of the things that I've been, I did some research online and found, uh, you know, kind of like things that we need to be doing, making sure that we have gas in our vehicles at all times, mm-hmm. making sure that we have some cash on us at all times, not like an absorbent amount, but enough to move things around. Mm-hmm. Um, um, have your passport readily available, having, I- having ID on you, um, and, you know, having a plan, um, that's really the, the the most important thing, not leaving anything to happenstance, but having a plan um, between for yourself and for your loved ones of what steps and th- what steps to take and what things to do. Um, you know, meeting with your family members to discuss the dangers of the emergency um, and discuss how you and your family will respond to each kind of emergency. So knowing how to contact everyone, mm-hmm. um, um, knowing how, you know, if there's going to be a meeting place, uh, you know, what that's going to look like, et cetera, et cetera. 
um, what to do in case of power outages, having batteries and flashlights. I did read one resource that says that we should kind of keep change of clothes with us mm-hmm. at all times, just having like a gym bag with some other things. Um, uh, selecting two places to meet a spot outside your home for an emergency, such um, you know, and then and then um, a place away from your neighborhood in case you cannot return home, mm-hmm. um, um, and just having like those kind of meeting grounds, um, uh, identifying people out of town or relatives that will be your emergency family check-in contact for everyone mm-hmm. to call if the family gets separated. So you know that would be the equivalent of like you know you and Tristan agreeing to contact me. If you can't right. reach each other, like you can try to contact me or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and knowing where things are in your home, like if you are home and things hit the fan, knowing where things are in your home, like fuse boxes, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, um, <laughs> this thing said like landlines, but many of us don't have landlines <laughs> anymore. Um <sighs> But yeah, it's like, uh, you know, knowing, just having things on the ready. You don't want to have to look for like batteries and candles and things. No. Um, But having those things prepared, keeping your family records in waterproof um, or fireproof kind of things. You can purchase them online. Yeah. Um, There's also um, emergency backpacks that you can purchase online. Amazon has them, Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, there's a few different websites that you can contact and there's different tiers and prices of the backpacks that you can purchase. They've got some that are like 30 something dollars and they've got some that are 300 and something. And they're 72 hour backpacks uh, with emergency supplies in them, which are always good to have on hand. Um, Having uh, your insurance policies, like information, Mm -hmm. um, if you, you know, for whatever insurance that you have, health, home, uh, you know, car, those kinds of things, mm. um, having access to that, you know, uh, such that, you know, you, you can get it um, if you need it. Um, let's see. Uh, this thing, I don't know if we have any homeowners, but like thinking about how, no, making sure you know how to turn off your water, gas and electricity, um, like the main switches. Mm-hmm. And if for, if for any reason uh, you need to turn off like your natural gas service, um you know, don't, uh, Drissa says here, don't attempt to restore gas service yourself. Um, and if you have pets, always make arrangements for your pets as most shelters do not allow pets. Um, right. So, uh, prior to the emergency, contact your, um, local emergency management office, ask them, uh, for resources, um, regarding what you can and should do for your, your pets and animals. Mm-hmm. Um, You mentioned it, but I I, I have to emphasize, get your passports updated. And if you don't have them, get them. And this was a thing, like, you know, because like I said, I I just spent a significant amount of time with my mom and my family um, and my grandparents. And they don't have passports. So Mm -hmm. we've been um, trying to navigate what the process, like, you know, trying to get those things in place. Um, Yeah for them um, and even having conversations with my mom was like, what do I need a passport for? I'm like, cause girl, if we need to get the t- TF, we will. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> right, ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, you know, just thinking through these things, um, 
and um, having a, an emergency kit prepared. And these are some things. We have also a list of things that should be included in the emergency kit. Um, and this is something that I need to do because I don't have any of this stuff in my house Same. at all. Uh, bottled water, mm-hmm. one gallon per person per day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh, ready mm-hmm. to eat canned foods. Um, they said powdered milk, which I'm not. I just, what? what? <laughs> um, yeah. But having these kinds of things, I guess, pet food if you have pets, specialty foods for elderly and people on special diets, um, high energy foods like peanut butter, jelly, nuts. Uh, yep. dried meats like jerky, granola, trail mix, energy bars, uh, making sure that your prescriptions are up to date and you have at least one week's supply of your medications at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, toilet paper. <laughs> toilet. Costco has a lovely... We have got to... I mean, first things first. Also, uh, like... I pop up. You might want to also <laughs> add to that, you know, some wet wipes. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. baby wipes. And on-hand deodorant. Absolutely. Hand sanitizer, toiletries, toothpaste, deodorant, feminine hygiene supplies, a list mm-hmm. of family physicians, or important medical information. Um, and if you have things like pacemakers, make sure that you have the style and the serial number on hand, such that if the American Red Cross needs to get these things for you, you'll have that information for them. Um, personal supplies, like a change of clothes, having rain gear, sturdy closed toe shoes, uh, for each family member, Mm -hmm. um, sleeping bags or bedding. If you have them for each family member, an extra pair of glasses or contact lenses, um, and like uh, the document holder with your ID, credit cards, traveler's checks, cash, photocopies of important family documents, including home insurance information, mm-hmm. um, health insurance information, etc. Um, they said if you do have like you should have one gallon of liquid chlorine bleach available, flashlights, one for each room in your house, uh, LED lights, glow sticks, extra fresh batteries, whistles are good, gasoline if you plan to use a generator. Um, mm-hmm. charcoal if you plan to have a grill situation, disposable tableware, including paper towels and napkins, a manual can opener, plastic bags, uh, charged up external USB, yeah, uh, or chargers. like a battery pack and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Um, and emergency first aid kits, um, you know, but these are just the things that we should be thinking about. We're praying that we won't need or there won't be any sort of. But I guess in these Ooh. things, like you just never, ever know. You got it. And it's good to have these things ready anyway, just in the yeah. case of any emergency, whether it be because, listen, if it's not these idiots in, in, in government, it's Mother Earth is purging us. I don't yeah. know if y'all I mean, there was that. There was an earthquake in Puerto Rico today. <laughs> there was an earthquake in Puerto Rico. Um, which I didn't find out until until later on. Yeah, and Australia um, is on fire. Australia's on fire. We knew about the Amazon weeks ago when the Amazon was on fire. Like the earth is purging us because we have not been good to she. And so with that being said, you need to be ready at all times regardless. Now, if the earth's purging you, there's really no hope, period. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm Don't saying? Say She's going to open up and we're all going to fall in. But no, I think (laughs) I think it's good (laughs) because I mean, you know, 
I'll speak for myself. These were things that I was used to my parents or yep. other adults in my life taking care of for me. Yes. But now I have to not only be responsible for these what things. What the fuck is going on? Oh, my. It's just siren after siren. Oh. Um, I not only have to be responsible for these things for myself, but I now have to consider what these things mean for my parents and my grandparents. Yeah. So, um... I mean, I definitely with the especially this past holiday season felt the weight of the shift in responsibility in my household. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I, I think about things in very different ways. Um, so I, I thought it would be cool for us to talk about them at the kitchen table because there may be others of us who are, you know, 20 somethings and 30 somethings and may be dealing with the very same things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like you said, and, and I think it's a lot of things we take for granted. Even I have to speak very candidly as a parent. There's a lot of things that creep up on me um, every single day that I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't think about that. Life insurance is so important. So important. If something happens, you got to make sure your family's taken care of. You are the sole responsibility of those who are under you. And like Kia said, whether it be older people in your family or if you have children, that's when it really starts hitting us. I didn't realize until recently, I was like, you know what? I need to get a fire safety box and put all the documents in that box. Like I have an area where I keep everything but I need to be able to have that so I can snatch it at any given moment and go on and we have everything we need. And it's just good to have your thing centrally located and protected anyway, regardless. So these Key and I just thought this was a, a good, important conversation to have um, in light of everything that's going on. But just in general, some of those reminders that we ourselves need as well on, you know, getting all of our our documents and all of our things in order so that we can have as seamless of a transition as possible if we are faced uh, in an emergency. Totes my goats, man. So if there's things that we miss or things that you guys want to add to the conversation, y'all know how to do that and get busy in the comments. Mm. Um, Our comment section be popping. There's lots of conversation there and lots of useful information being shared. So if you want to join that conversation, you know how to do that. Not only in the comments on SoundCloud, um, but um, our Twitter feeds and our Mm -hmm. Instagram feeds um, as well. So, um, yeah. What are some of the things that you guys are doing? I'm trying to also in addition to kind of preparing kind of my personal documents I'm also very mindful of the things that I don't want to lose so you know certain things that belong to my brother certain things that are important to me certain things that if I need to kind of make a mad dash from my house knowing where things are so I can put my hands on them and literally um, go if, if that's what I need to do um, you know that that's what it is but be safe be informed um, and if we stay ready we don't have to get ready and this these are just times you know that we all have to navigate and it'll be a lot easier if we navigate them together um, so don't be afraid to ask questions of you know anybody um, and, and don't be afraid to to um, share what you're learning because all of us will benefit from um, you know what what we what we put out into this space. And don't be one of those assholes when people ask questions where you get all condescending and you're like, well, you didn't know that you need to. Don't do that. If people are asking questions, it's because they want to know the answers. Don't be one of those people. Absolutely. And find out what resources are available to you in, in the cities and states that you live in. 
Um, I know like New York State has in a, a weird prepare. They have like a citizens preparedness course that you can take yeah. to kind of navigate certain uh, disasters, how the state of New York handles certain things. And I think every state has these kinds of things in place. So do some Google searches and see what resources are available to you and your family um, so that you can kind of have these things um, in your in your toolbox as well um, as we kind of just literally try to figure out how to get through this tough time together. Yep, absolutely. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Man, man, listen. That gumbo was good to me. Mm. I don't know about you. Oh. Uh, but as we said, you know, going back, sometimes, you know, you just want, you just want to go back and get some good old, I don't want to say leftovers, but you know, the, sometimes after the meal, yeah. you know, when the meal has a chance to sit. When you put it in the freezer. Yes. Mm-hmm. When it has time to sit and you put it in the freezer and sometimes when you heat it up, it's even better the second time. Mm, mm, mm. And that's what that gumbo gave as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. I always take a little bit of gumbo and put some in the freezer so that whenever I just want a little bowl, but not a whole pot, I'm able to pull mm-hmm. it out when I when I need that that feeling of heartiness and I need that feeling of like Seasoning. soul filling. You know what I'm saying? Without spending so nine hundred hours in the kitchen. So I do this. I think it's perfect to do the same with conversations and books and things that have given us good information and just reflect, let it sit a little bit, and then go back and process it again. So we hope that's what you were able to do. We've got these gifts for you. They're up in our bums. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. What is going on? It's the holidays. So... (laughs) I hope you all enjoy. Sis, take them out. Tell them what to do. Make sure that you are moisturizing your mind by attending to the business that is yours and yours alone. That means mind your business, mm-hmm. for those who may not know that. Uh, you also want to moisturize your insides by drinking your water daily, as often as you can. Yeah. Uh, and you also want to moisturize your skin, especially as the colder months are upon us. They're telling us that we're going to have a very cold and precipitated winter. Hello! Thank you, Global uh- Warming! I'm so glad to see that we are having some balance. Yes. The only way that we're going to make it through this cold winter without dry and cracked skin is if we moisturize our skin. That's right. Our largest organ. And that's very important. Why, sis? Because your black will crack if it's really dry. Rum-pum-pum. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. You'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa wherever you get your podcasts.